What I know of man was written long ago, set down by the greatest ape of all, our lawgiver. Cornelius, come here. Reach into my pocket. Read to him the 29th scroll, sixth verse. Beware the beast man, for he is the devil's pawn. Alone among God's primates, he kills for sport, or lust, or greed. Yea, he will murder his brother to possess his brother's land. Let him not breed in great numbers, for he will make a desert of his home and yours. Shun him. Drive him back into his jungle lair. For he is the harbinger of death. Welcome to episode 9 of the Movie Clinic Podcast. I'm David and this is my wife, Cherry. And on this episode, we'll be covering the 1968 film, Planet of the Apes. Now, this is, I guess, arguably, probably the first film we've covered here that would be deemed a classic. Classic, yeah. Um, I mean, to me, all the films we've covered are classic the in their own way. the oldest we've done. Yeah, but, yeah, this is definitely the oldest, but I think all the films we've covered are classics in my mind in some capacity, but this is one that would probably be deemed a classic across the board from not only film fans, but science fiction fans, you know. But this is a film, I guess, I kind of want to go to you first on your history because, once again, I imagine your history is very minor on this one. Uh-huh. I thought I had history. You thought, <laughs> you thought you had history. When we watched it, I realized I uh, probably just saw scenes from, like, classic shows that showed that scene, the end scene. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought I had memories, but I realized I didn't. Oh, okay. So, so you... So, none. I don't have any history. So, no history. Two, uh, two viewings. Two viewings <laughs> and outside of uh, probably just, I mean, I, you don't watch The Simpsons a lot, but they ripped this movie off Only all when the you time. make me. Yeah, when you make me. Oh, come on now. <laughs> but I guess uh, my history with this one is a little different in that I did, didn't did see this one in the theater because I wasn't born at the time it was out. I actually read some of the Planet of the Apes comic books before I even seen the movie. Because I used to pick up comics at these old jockey lot dirt mall places. You know, this guy would sell comic books at times. He, you could get a bag of them for like 10 bucks. Or, or 10 of them for a buck, basically. And I just remember some of those comics were playing to the apes. And I started reading those. And I thought, okay, this is I like this. This is cool. I, did, I wasn't really aware there was a movie at the time. Are the comics like the movies? They're different stories They're different based stories in that world. Movie. But then I remember, it was a little while later, I want to say 
this had to have been in the early 80s when there was a station that we had that had each of the films on Monday through Friday. It was like in the afternoon, early afternoon. Like they showed the first one Monday, second one Tuesday, and so on. And that was the first time I got to see them. Mm. And I remember watching this film and being completely just entranced by it. You know, it was just like one of those... I think film fans have those films that are certain game changers for them. And this was probably one of them for me. Something all along the lines of like Blade Runner or watching things like Night of the Living Dead. Those films that just literally ingrained themselves in your brain. Mm -hmm. And this was one of them for me. So, needless to say, that week I watched all of them. I was hooked. I've watched things like the TV, you know, I didn't catch up to the TV show until years later and the animated show. And I still look back on watching those five films that day. I mean, we, we'll probably get into it at some point, but I still was remember my fascination after the second one on how they were going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, of course. But this is a film that is, um, of course, rated G, which we will get into that. <laughs> why that's so mind-blowing to me to yeah. even think about now. But really, that's kind of my history in a scattershot nutshell, in a way. But I guess what we'll do here is we'll drop the trailer in and come back with cast and uh, plot synopsis. Discover Planet of the Apes. where humans run wild in the jungles. And the superior beings are apes. disposition. You realize what that means? No. Emasculation to begin with. Then experimental surgery on the speech centers, on the brain. Then a kind of living death. <laughs> Okay, and we are back, 
And I guess I'll start out with the director here, uh, Franklin Schaffner. I want to say that I, I might be mispronouncing his last name. But he's a director. I've seen some of his films. But I think he mainly worked in TV for the most part. He did films like Patton, Boys from Brazil, Pap Papillon. I never can say that title. And a film called The Best Man. Now, I've seen three out of those four films, but The Best Man I haven't seen. But, you know, all the films I've seen of his have been solid. Yeah. They've been really good. You know, and of course, Planet of the Apes falls into that too, and that's excellent. You know, I know I'm tipping my hand on what I think of this movie, but there we go. <laughs> and uh, next, we'll get into uh, Charlton Heston as George Taylor. Now, he's a legendary actor. You know, anybody who knows films and has watched films over the years knows who he is. You know, he was in Ben-Hur, Ten Commandments, uh, Soylent Green, Omega Man, Touch of Evil. And one of my favorite roles is he was the good actor in Wayne's World 2. You know, that's um, anybody who's watched the film will know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. But that's one of my favorites. It's a very brief role, but it's very good. But he's just... He's one of these actors. Everything I've seen him in, he's been good. Yeah. You know, he always gave it gave it his best, you know, and I always enjoy watching him in anything. And uh, he passed away in 2008. I believe he died of Alzheimer's or dementia, yeah, you know, along those lines, so. if I remember correctly. And that was, that was pretty sad news to hear because, you know, I always enjoyed his work. And next we'll go into Roddy McDowell as uh, Cornelius. Now, I was blown away when I looked at his credits. 269 he credits. A lot. He Yeah, he's, uh, he's been in a film or two. And uh, some of his credits are Cleopatra, Shock Treatment, The Greatest Story Ever Told. He was in Fright Night 1 and 2. God, I can't remember his name. Uh, Peter Vincent, The Vampire Hunter. <laughs> and he was in Class of 1984, uh, Cutting Class, a film Brad Pitt would probably prefer to forget. And he was, uh, of course, in GoBots, Battle of the Rock Lords, as the role of Nugget. Nugget. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was the voice role. And, of course, he was in TV, stuff like uh, Night Gallery, Wonder Woman, Murder, She Wrote, and Matlock. And, of course, uh, he was in the Planet of the Apes TV series, playing the character of Galen. And he passed away in 1998. So he's wow. been, yeah. Uh, I get to thinking about it. I was watching a documentary the night I think he passed away not too long after that documentary was done. Wow, if he didn't look too old in that. No, I think he had, uh, I think he passed away from cancer, if my memory is correct. I could be wrong. And uh, next we'll go into uh, Kim Hunter as Zira. Now, she was like one of my favorite characters in this movie. She was very scrappy and feisty. Mm -hmm. I kind of liked her. She and was smart. Yeah, and smart. Yeah, I, I really loved her character. And she was in films, of course. She's probably best known for Streetcar Named Desire. Stella! Stella, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she was in the film Bermuda Affair and A Young Stranger. But it seemed like mainly she did TV. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like Night Gallery again. Uh, Bonanza, she was on All My Children. Mannix, uh, Cannon, and Gunsmoke. And she passed away in 2002. My memory is correct. I think she passed away from lung cancer. I can't be 100% wow. on that one. And uh, next we go to Maurice Evans is another one of my favorite characters in this movie, Dr. Zayas. And he's been in uh, films such as Rosemary's Baby, The Jerk, and uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. 
and uh, TV shows such as Man From U.N.C.L.E., I Spy, Tarzan, The Big Valley, and Columbo. And he passed away in 1989. So, yeah, he's definitely yeah. been gone a while. But, of yeah. course, he was an he older was man. Older. Yeah. He was an older man when he was doing this film at the time. So, And we go next to uh, Linda Harrison as Nova. Her... Um, I guess you could say that her film work is very sparse. She only did films like she was in Airport seventy five and yeah. and Cocoon and Cocoon to Return. <clears throat> she was a beauty queen. Yeah, she was like a yeah. Mm -hmm. She was she? only twenty one in this movie. She was like the youngster. Yeah, and she was in um, what was it film Wild Bill? I think that was with um, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. And she was in mainly TV stuff like Barnaby Jones. And she was actually in the 66 Batman. But I think her part was like very small. Yeah. But I, don't, I have to admit, I don't remember her from that. Now, these two guys right here, their um, resumes are very sparse. We got uh, Robert Gunner as Landon. He looked familiar to me, though. Yeah, but he didn't really do he, a lot. I'm just thinking he's someone else, or... He just had very, very small... He did have six credits to his name. Oh, wow. So yeah. he's not who I'm thinking he no, is. No, he must not be. Uh, I mean, he did a film... He was in a film called The Jackals. He was in Our Man Flint, which I have seen that. And there was a movie called Caprice he was in, but he was uncredited in that. Oh. And like I said, grand total six credits. He passed away in 2001. Then we go to uh, Jeff Burton as Dodge. He was in uh, In Light Flint, uh, Coffee, The Police Connection, and TV shows such as The Fugitive, Night Gallery, and McLeod. And his credits aren't much more... Yeah, uh, I didn't recognize him. Yeah, yeah his credits weren't much more than uh, uh, Mr. Gunner's there. But he passed away in 1988. Wow. Yeah, so... I'm That's not, only about 20 years later from this? Yeah. Wow. Uh, pretty much about 20 years on the nose, actually. But that's all the cast and uh, credits uh, that I have here. Do you have anything you want to add? Um, no, I just I just kind of copied. You, you know, you have Lou Wagner was Lucius. He was the nephew. Oh, yes, yes. I don't, I don't recognize him. No, I mean, I couldn't recall if I'd seen him in anything else myself. I mean, you just kind of have, like, you know, a lot of the, the gorillas and stuff, the hunt leaders and all that. They don't, I mean, because you wouldn't recognize them because you didn't see them. <laughs> yeah, up under the makeup. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just tried to hit the main yeah. the main core of people right there. Because I know Lucius, he comes into the film, but it's like rather late into, you know, it's like rather probably into the yeah. third act of the film. Are you going to go into like more of that Linda Harrison in the background? Mm -mm. She was kind of the mistress of the director. Oh, yo, oh, yeah. yeah uh, she was, I was having an affair with him and he was married. Yeah, I kind of had something like it jotted down in the trivia, okay. but if you wanted to bring that up later I on. I just, that, that was what I had written that she was his mistress and yeah, I was he kinda, left his you know, long-time wifer. Yeah, I was saving her. that for... I, I had a little bit of that on trivia, but if you okay. wanted to go into that when we hit that point, that's, we that's can. That's about all I had. Okay. But if you... Do you have any other stuff no. you want to hit? No. Okay, I guess what we'll do here is we'll just uh, go into the plot synopsis and we'll just uh, let things go from there. All right. Uh, we open uh, on a spaceship. We have a pilot there, you know, uh, I guess navigating. They just call him Taylor. Yeah, they just call him Taylor. I guess their last name. And he's uh, doing a, I guess what you call a flight log. He's talking about time travel and... Yeah, he's just... Uh, says it's been 700 years since they left Earth. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, the date is 2673, to be exact. Yeah. He says he's he's going, he's leaving the 20th century behind with no regrets. Yeah. So you wonder, what's he mean by that? As the film goes on, you do kind of yeah. start to see that he's not a big fan of humanity, yeah. which yeah. in a way I can relate to that character yeah. in that regard. Which puts him in an odd situation. Later on, <laughs> yes, a very odd situation. He kind of gets up and walks out of, like, into a nearby room. Yeah, he's, uh, kind of, well, he injects himself. Oh, yeah, while you he's, see him. You don't know what he's doing. He's just injecting something in his arm. Yeah. Um, I thought I, he was killing himself. Well, yeah, but that would have been a quick end to this movie. That's for sure. Because he says he's, like, leaving the 20th century behind with no regrets. And I thought, is he killing himself? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, but, yeah, that would have been a very short movie. He walks back uh, into the next room there, and we see three other astronauts in there. Uh, I guess what cryo sleep, sleep chambers. Yes. they're already asleep. And the astronauts are Landon, Dodge, and Stewart. And Stewart is a female. It's a female. Yeah. And then we just have uh, Taylor kind of get into his and buckles a belt around them, and then he just kind of straps in, and straps in, and then just drifts off to sleep. Drifts off sleep, and then we go to the opening credits. Yeah, and I guess that's what he was injecting. He was giving himself something to make him go to sleep. Well, I imagine that there had to have been somebody there to inject everybody else, and then mm-hmm. that person that was right. last one there to inject himself and put himself yeah. into stasis there. And, of course, like I said, we go to credits, and then one of the shots that you couldn't stand to look at in this movie <laughs> is the POV shots of the like ship is the, crashing. the ship is like free falling yeah, or whatever. Yeah, me motion sickness. Yeah, like yeah, it really kind of puts you in like the cockpit of this thing, mm-hmm. watching as it, as it crashes into the water. And of course, the ship lands in the lake. It's like nose up. And it kind of shows them all, and they're still asleep, and you know they've grown beards. Yeah, they've been asleep for a yeah. long time. They've grown beards. They it's, they kind of wake up and they open their chambers and get out and they're they're pretty weak because they've been asleep for a long time a very long time and they kind of noticed that the woman's died yeah they they look up to see how she is and they look and she's like decomposed decomposed water's flooding into the ship yeah and about that time you start seeing water start just pouring in and they're trying to grab provisions grab mm-hmm. anything i think they are checking to see if there's if this planet has oxygen that they're on, right. because you know it'd suck if you got out of there and you could. They don't breathe. know where they are. Yeah, they don't. They have no clue. They just crashed. Dodge, he climbs up, kind of like in this like little tunnel part going up to the top of the ship. Yeah, and he's like trying to send out a distress signal. Yes, that they've crashed. Yeah, that's right. And then it shows outside of the ship, just kind of pans around. There's a lot of cliffs and mountains, and Nevada popped in my head immediately. Yeah, well, that's why I know when you said this was <laughs> like this was in Nevada, and yeah, you hit the nail on the head, because mm-hmm. I do believe this is where a lot of this was uh, shot. And um, Landon says, like, the power's completely gone in ship. So they decide, I guess, Taylor's like, let's abandon ship. Yeah, well, so they, they, there's no choice, yeah. Yeah, they're leaving the ship, and as he leaves... As Taylor kind of walks out, he sees that the year on that monitor shows 3978, which is 2000 beyond that original time he saw on that monitor in the first scenes. Yeah, that's right. 2000 plus years. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. So they kind of throw a life raft out with supplies and they're getting in the life raft. And And yeah, as they're paddling away, I think it's um, Landon is just watching as the ship just sinks up he under the keeps, water he keeps going it's going going it's going and like it, the ship just sinking 
and it's gone. And like, it's gone. It's yeah. completely under the water. And they make their way to shore. And I think Taylor says in the boat, he goes, okay, we're here to stay. Well, it's like he automatically is just like, no. okay, that's where we're at. Well, I mean, you, you almost... It's going to be really hard to find him. Yeah, and you have to kind of admire how he's just... He just... Uh, it's a non-issue adapts. for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a non-issue for him on this. Yeah. You find out as they're paddling that they're like 320 light years away from, from Earth. Earth. And Landon mentions that they weren't supposed to land in the water and they weren't programmed to do that. No, so They no. have no idea where they are. They're looking at the, the sun, trying to figure out where they are, which... Why couldn't they figure that out? From looking at it. Well, I can tell you why here in a few minutes. And why it would probably not, you wouldn't know. Yeah, so they weren't programmed to land, you know, in the water. Landon just wants to know, you know, where they're at. And I don't think Taylor really knows where they're at. Well, no, no, nobody does. He, because he, they even said that he didn't get time to look at the. Uh, and it never readout. really said where they were programmed, where they were going. Yeah, that's left very vague in yeah. this movie. You do not know. Uh, basically, they row up to shore. And I think Taylor has Dodge checked for like soil samples just to see if the soil, I guess, is you can grow stuff in the soil. Right. And they kind of look at their packs that they have carrying on their backs, and they only have enough food for three days. Yeah, they have just yeah, enough rations of food and water for three days. And you find out that they've only been away from Earth for 18 months. Yeah. Landon says it's only been 18 months, but Taylor says it's been 2,000 years. And that Landon's went gray. He has gray in his hair now. Yeah, gray in his hair, gray in his beard. They just put their packs on and kind of head out. Well, that's what I know. I think uh, Taylor tells them, you know, we're going that way. You know why? I don't know. I don't know. We're just going that way. <laughs> we're just going this way. And, you know, he says we got three days for the groceries around that. Yeah. So we better, you know, hightail mm. it. And it shows them kind of hiking through a lot of rocky terrain. Yeah, and I really love these scenes. Yeah. I mean, they really build the mood mm-hmm. because you're following these guys. They don't know where they're it's at. It's desolate. There's yeah. nothing. They don't run into any animals or anything. Yeah, and the mood of it is just, like I said, there's nothing there. And you're going along with these guys walking into this unknown. Yeah, and they don't know if they're traveling like in the opposite direction of water or any civilization that might be there. Yeah, it's like mountains and deserts and mm-hmm. everything. They start going down like a big hill, like a steep hill. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they lose their belts and just kind of fall. Yeah, that, yeah. I was scared that their dust going up in the air was going to make the monkeys come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the monkeys are going to see that. Yeah, the monkeys will attack them. Because there's this huge dust cloud when they start falling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that don't happen right here, but now, was this the point where there was a boulder? That no, that's out? later. That's a little later. They keep on walking, and it's like it's got nighttime, and it starts thundering and lightning. There you go, yeah. And then it moves to the next day, and this huge boulder kind of rolls down the hill right at them. They just kind of run out of its way. Yeah, they run out of its way and then kind of stop off and they do kind of a water check and they mm-hmm. see that their water rations They've are running They've got eight ounces left. Yeah, they're just running very low. Yeah, and it's hot. They're they're wearing like white astronaut suits. Mm-hmm. They're, there's nothing, it probably doesn't breathe now, very easily. Now this is, you was asking a question why how they wouldn't know where they were. There's a line in here that says there's no moon. There's no moon, okay. Yeah. Now, Earth would have a moon. What happened to Earth's moon? Oh, I know. I, know. I mean, I know we're spoiling the end talking about this now. Yeah. But they say there's no moon. There's no moon. That's very strange. I I, I didn't catch that. Well, until I was a hung up on the sun ago. because there's something that's in the trivia. 
Yeah. Or not trivia, but goofs or whatever. Yeah. It talks about that. That oh. they should have been able to know where yeah. they were. Yeah. By the sun. Yeah. Well, the sun, maybe, but there's suns in other solar systems. Yeah. But the Earth has a moon. And I think what other planets have, there's some planets that have multiple moons. But yeah, I just remember that kind of caught me when I watched that film a number of years ago. And I'm like, well, that does kind of make sense why they wouldn't, it wouldn't dawn on them where right. they were. Because you would look up and see the moon, like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. is this like Earth? You know, but like I said, it, it's never explained though. So they've got like eight ounces of water left. And Landon, he's already given up. He said he's prepared to dive out there. Mm-hmm. And Taylor Louse mentions another one for the human spirit. Yeah. And you get that feeling he doesn't like people very much. Uh, yeah, you definitely get that uh, from Taylor here because as Landon and Taylor are walking, you know, Taylor kind of gives Landon a bunch of shit, you know, mm-hmm. about like why he took this mission, like for immortality, you want a big right. statue in your, you know, and everything. And he just keeps going, get off my back yeah, or hop off my back. Yeah, I know. Taylor's kind of giving him shit, kind of riding his ass. <laughs> and eventually, you know, Landon's just like, well, you know, why did you go? Taylor's just like, well, you know, I just feel like there's something that's got to be better than man out there. I mean, then that just gives you another little piece of why he's he's pretty disillusioned with the human race in general. Right. Which, like I said, I can so relate to him. Me too, man. Yeah. They continue on short, and it's like some scenes afterwards, and it shows there's someone following them on the ledges above yeah, them. Yes, yes. And they get to this place, and there's like these fur markers and they call them, he keeps calling them, Taylor keeps calling them scarecrows. Yes. Um, but I thought they looked like torture things. Like someone you would hang someone up, almost like a cross, like how they used to crucify people. It was like, to me, it looked like something you would just let somebody, like tie somebody up there and just let them die in the heat or suffer, torture them or whatever. But he kept calling them scarecrows. Yeah. I think the thing I like about those things is you don't know what they are. Yeah, you and don't. But it, it, most importantly, it's the first sign of something, somebody else being there. Something is there. Yeah. And I know they climb up to explore, to see what these things are. Exactly. About that time, you know, I think they've already discovered that there's like a little plant, plant. growing. Yeah, and they pick it up and they're like, they're, where there's one, there's more. Yeah. So it's getting water from somewhere. Yes to grow so when they get up to that top of that hill with those scarecrows they hear water yeah they hear like a waterfall so taylor's like screw these scarecrows let's go yeah and they start running towards the sound and they see like it's a huge waterfall yeah i mean it's like a beautiful beautiful area which was manufactured because uh, dr doolittle yeah it was a, a set yeah. from dr doolittle and the waterfall was water hoses that they just placed around there to make the water pour in. So they decide to go skinny dipping. Yeah. And you, you get to see a lot of tight male butts in this thing. Yeah. And this is a movie rated G. G. I was G, surprised. I was disappointed. G. No frontals. Well, I'm actually shocked they did what they did. They got did. really close a couple times yeah. when um, Charleston Heston stood up. Yeah. Like, I was like, well. I mean, that's one of the things that kind of still takes me back when I watch this movie because I'm just like, whoa, this movie's rated G. You know, and... No, no women naked in this movie. It was men. But there wasn't many women in this. No, so. outside of Nova. Well, there were some wild women. But yeah, but I think a lot of them ended up dead. They were just throwing them in the wagons and yeah, stuff. Yeah, which we'll get to later. Yeah. But yeah, they're, uh, like you were saying, they strip down and just do uh, just a skinny dipping. In heaven. Like yeah. Jesus. 
you know, it's cool and oh, yeah, they can yeah. just get clean. And Well, I imagine they've been probably walking through the desert for at least, at least a few a days. days yeah, yeah, at least two or three days. And like I said, I bet, I bet that right there, well, that just hit the spot. Mm-hmm. And Landon is kind of up there on the shore there, and he notices some footprints in the mud. And he calls uh, Taylor and Dodge over there to check it out. As they're doing that, you notice... Hands coming up. Hands taking coming their up, clothes. Taking their clothes, taking their stuff. And they see the hands. They're, and, they're like, look. Yeah, you know? yeah, they see. So they jump back in the water and they're swimming to the other side where their clothes are. And you you kind of see like it's a group of people just running off. They're naked. <laughs> and they're chasing them because they took their clothes. Well, yeah, they need their clothes. And yeah. so they're chasing them. And they kind of get to areas like the, they've just dropped their food and like ruined what was left of their food. And Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And they're throwing their clothes in the bushes. And, you know, it's just scattered everywhere. I guess they're just throwing them as they're just like. They don't want them or whatever. Well, just throwing them. That's what I was assuming. They thought maybe this is something we need. And they and look at like, like, no, no, no. And they just they've never it. seen that probably. Yeah, they just threw it away. So they do get to a part where they find their um, pants, and yeah. they're able to put their pants on back at least. Yeah, and they kind of just follow the trail where the humans go, and then they're out there like in an open field. Field, and you see like it's like <laughs> they look like a bunch of cave people. Yeah, they're very like, wild. And Taylor calls them feral and mute because yeah. they're not talking to each other. They're just eating. They're picking fruit off the trees. Well, there's somebody up there in a tree throwing fruit down fruit to everybody down else. to them. And yeah. then they're eating like the the grass stalks. I yeah. don't know if what it is. Some kind of something's growing Well, here. that's... Um, now, I don't know if it was intended to be this way in the movie, but that was supposed to be corn. Corn, yeah. Yeah, now... It didn't yeah. look like it had any corn on the stalks. They yeah. were just eating the stem parts, but... They just don't, they look like wild people. They're like, wearing like long cloths. Females just have leather on too. And Yeah, it's um, it's almost like just really kind of like cave people in a way. Yeah. You know? That's uh, really the best way to describe them. And uh, Taylor and they were watching this and they're, and Taylor's just like, well, this is the best that they got. We'll be running We'll be this running this place in no time. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is the first time Taylor spots uh, the female there, Nova. Yeah, they kind of look kind of lock eyes. Lock eyes. She's just kind of in her own little way. She doesn't understand who he is or. Yeah, or, or probably even care, yeah. really, for that matter. Yeah. And about that time, there is this loud horn kind of noise that yeah. comes out of the woods. I mean, it's almost, I could imagine listening to this in a movie theater, how that would probably just yeah. pierce the sound you know yeah um, and they just all turn around and look and like what is that but then yeah. of course the primitive people i called them the wild ones or the wild ones. that's the problem yeah, they best just way. take off running yeah they, i don't they, know if they have ever heard that before they I knew mean, what it was i think they knew exactly yeah. what it was and that's why they ran they just ran yeah they knew what it was and I, they, Taylor, Landon, and Dodge just run after them because yeah, yeah. they don't know what's going on. Well, yeah. Well, the one thing I've learned in my life, if somebody is running from something, yeah. you follow them yeah. because they are running for don't a reason. Don't ask any questions. Uh, yeah. Just go. Yeah, go with them. Yeah. 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 Um, a, a smart move. Because really, you don't know what's on this planet. No. It could be big like animals. It could be... It looked like... It sounded like a horn, but also a growl. It was a weird kind of noise. Yeah. I mean, it could be Ewoks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. They come out just swinging on their little, uh, yeah, their little vines and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it could be Ewok planet. So, you get to the same... I mean, everybody's just scattering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you, you see the, like, I guess, they're gorillas. 
yeah. come riding in on horses. And it's a little shocking. You're like, what the hell? They have rifles? And they start shooting yeah, they just start some fire. of the wild ones. Yeah, they just literally are just opening fire on Yeah. You're you like, know. whoa. I mean, you don't really even have time to take in that these monk these gorillas are riding horses and they're yeah. talking to each other. Yeah. Well, you don't see them really talking to each they other. They yell first. to each other. Well, they kind of yell, but you don't really no. hear them yeah. saying They don't have any dialogue yet. Yes. Taylor's just kind of standing looking at them like, what the hell? Yeah, he's in a brush just looking on? like, yeah, like he just can't believe what he's seeing, which I would be the same way if yeah. it was me. Because he knows gorillas to be in zoos, in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. But not riding not horses. Not riding and horses and wearing clothes. And firing rifles. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so some of the um, wild ones are kind of gotten down near the river and they're jumping over the, the side. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just, they don't care if they break an ankle. They're just jumping. Well, I would rather break an ankle than get yeah. shot in the back. Yeah. And Landon, I guess, had gotten mixed with them and he kind of turns around and one of them gorillas hits him right in the face with yes but of a rifle mm-hmm. and he's knocked unconscious then it kind of shows dodge he's running with another group of wild ones and he gets kind of snared up in a in a net. net yes but he's kind of at the end and he's able to get loose and he runs off again yeah yeah he doesn't uh he doesn't get a uh, caught and he doesn't he's able to make a break for it but sadly um, One of the gorillas shoots him in the back of the neck. Yeah, Dodge didn't live up to his name. No, uh, he did not dodge anything. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he. I think it hit him like twice, maybe. I, he was like shot in the back, if I remember. Well, it was in his neck. Or in his neck or in his back. Or it might have been both. Yeah, because I, mean, I, do... I remember when Taylor was close by and he ran and he saw him and he turns him over and he's got blood on the back of his neck. Okay, yeah, it might have been back And he's neck. dead. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, there's one down of that. Yeah, and you don't know what happened to Landon. No, not as over yet. And Taylor is like, I know he runs and he like runs by this uh, stump or something like a tree stump. And these two gorillas are on each side on horses about to snare him, but then their neck they gets They run caught. herself into the thing and pull themselves off yeah, their horses. Yeah, pull themselves off the horses. So I don't know if he intended to do that, but that was a good play on his part. Yeah, so he's same. just running. He just keeps running. Well, it's about survival, you know, yeah. at this point. And then it kind of shows they're still after the wild ones and they're running them and they're near like these dugout trenches, these deep trenches. Yeah. And I think no, uh, the females down in there... Um, now, I remember you they, wanted to say something yeah, about this. Yeah, they start shooting them, and they fall down in there, and it's very reminiscent of the Holocaust. Yeah, where, yeah. Like where they would just shoot them, and or either have them down in there and shoot them. Yeah. And you, that's your grave. Well, a lot of time, they would just line them up on the yeah. side of a trench and then just shoot them, and shoot their bodies them. would just yeah. fall into the trench. That's what popped in my head. Yeah, oh, I could, I could yeah. see where it would. It goes back to Taylor. He's still running, and he's near the river. And a gorilla shoots him in the neck. Yeah, a gorilla shoots him in the neck, and he just falls, falls down. down backwards. He's half in the river, half laying on the bank. Yeah, he pulls himself up to the bank, and then he just kind of passes out. Yeah. You know, I guess from the shock and, you know, losing mm-hmm. blood. And then it shows kind of like... There's an ape carrying a, a wild little child. Boy. There's some carrying the... They're putting the ones that they let live in these caged wagons. They're carrying some that are dead. Yes. They're even like, it shows them taking pictures. Yeah, now this is like a scene. Trophy hunting. This is a scene I remember watching when I was a kid that really stood out to me because yeah. I was never a huge fan of hunting, even as a child. Yeah. But watching that scene made me dislike it even more. And there was definitely a message there. Yeah. Now, I'm now to not get on my soapbox. 
I don't care if you're a hunter and you eat what you hunt. Hunt. You know, like if because that happens in the wild. You know, mm-hmm. animals kill each other. But trophy hunters other. are wanting to bring something back. Yeah, they just want to show the head. Uh, or yeah, the, this is how big my balls are. You right. know, I, I I took down this this. Look right how here. big of a man I am. I, yeah. I shot an almost extinct animal and, for pleasure. Yeah, and I just remember this scene even way back when i was a kid watching this movie really stood out for me because they were just standing there posing there's a human bodies out in front of them and like you know just taking a picture like it was no big deal but i thought it was funny the picture thing they were taking it with was almost like from the 1800s it was like one of those old western cameras well everything in this movie i mean particularly we're about to go to ape city here soon Everything is very primitive, very kind of rustic, I guess is another word you would use too. So, um, yeah, I did notice that as well. And it shows Taylor's still alive, and he's been put in that one of those caged wagons with some of the wild ones, and there's that female in there. Yes, uh, Nova, she's She's just kind of looking at him with her. She doesn't, her expression changes a little bit throughout the movie, but she's mostly confused. She doesn't know what's going on. She's completely feral. She doesn't. She's all about survival. Like, she doesn't have any social skills or anything like that. No, she no. I mean, all all these people are, are just like a dogs or cats or yeah. any kind of animals out in the wild. They're just right. trying to survive mm-hmm. every day. You know, find food where you can get it. You know, whatever you got to do to make it through the day. And that's basically what she is. But it's kind of concentrating on her. So you kind of think maybe she's going to be somebody in this movie. Yeah. And, well, she is in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was actually, we'll get into it in the trivia, but she was going to be in in more ways than one. Yeah. But I guess uh, then we uh, go to Ape City. Yeah, they just kind of take all those cage wagons back to there. Yeah, and I love the design of Ape City. It's almost like all the homes and everything are like, Almost like carved into mountain mountains in some way. Like kind of Spanish looking. Yeah, in a way, yeah. I mean, I, I always loved the design of Ape City. I think they kind of went into it. It's in very the odd. It wasn't in trees. Like yeah. a lot of the other movies, they were all their homes were always in trees um, until they got chased off and they were. Oh, you're talking to about the new films. Yeah, the newer films. Yeah, the uh, new trilogy. Of they kind of kept their monkeys and apes. Yeah. They are tree dwellers, so... Now, not to get too far off the beaten path, it does make me wonder, they are talking about doing a follow-up trilogy to those films. It makes me wonder if they will go into something like what we see in this movie now. Instead of living in trees, they live in... Like, you know, carved out places in mountains and stuff. But uh, we'll talk about them when we get to them one day. But, like I said, we're at Ape City now, and Taylor is being treated for his wound. And uh, I believe it's, um, isn't Nova giving him a they, they, Yeah, a they, have her, they have her hooked up to one side. They're both laying on a table. And they're doing like a blood transfusion. They're taking blood from her and giving it to him because yes. he lost a lot of blood when yes. he got shot. Which thought I thought, well, she probably doesn't have the same blood type. He'd be dead. Well, yeah. I mean, you're just taking that big risk. But I watch that in movies all the time. They do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen it in movies a lot where they just give people transfusions. I'm just like, well, God, I hope their blood types are the same. Because if not, you know, <laughs> yeah. what a little good that's going to do. And it kind of introduces, um, like, some chimpanzees. And this. there's a male and a female introduces um zira yeah zira comes in and comes in to like check on taylor yeah but she don't know he's 
tailor yet, of course. And the because male, of his clothes. He's wearing normal yeah, well, men's clothes. Well, his pants were strange, like strange yeah. clothing. And um, the other male is Dr. Galen. Dr. Galen, yes. He really is only in this scene. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't factor into the film too much. I think they mention him later, but he does. They didn't show him again. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't factor into it at all. Uh, and you find out Zira is like an animal psychologist, which is very <laughs> funny, considering. Then we kind of cut to like humans in cages. Yeah. And they're being like hosed down. Yeah, there's a gorilla guard that he's kind of hosing them down. And yeah. I guess they're just cleaning out the cages every day. It's yeah. got like hay on the, yeah, they it's, sleep in hay. It's basically like a, what, a, zoo. a zoo. And uh, Taylor is, of course, in his cage and he's included. And uh, I believe this is when uh, Zira comes in and she's just like checking around, looking around. And like one of the uh, humans has got his hand reached out and everything. And then she's like, you know, do you want some, like a little sugar? She sh called a sugar treat. It's like a sugar treat. And she gives him like a little cube. don't talk. She's like, say something. Yeah, yeah, say something. And, you know, of course, he, that one doesn't. And she just gives him like, it's like a little sugar cube or something yeah. like that. He takes it and eats it. And it's uh, I guess it's like a little treat for your pet. Basically, <laughs> yeah. in a nutshell. And Zira goes up to Taylor. She calls him Bright Eyes. And she names him Bright Eyes. And he she keeps saying he's remarkable. Yeah, because you, you something see, different about him. Yeah, and he's trying to form words. He can't talk because he got shot in the neck. He, he's trying to talk to her, and she sees that he's trying to talk to her. Yeah. The gorilla guard. He's not impressed. No. He, he's like says. Well, human just, see, human human do. Yeah, he's just like, basically feels like I, this one's just trying to mimic yeah. you. So that's kind of like the pun in monkey see, monkey do. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that plays on that for sure. Taylor kind of tries to motion for Zero to come closer. You know, she does, and he tries to grab her, grab her, but then the uh, gorilla guard yeah. knocks him off. Yeah. And this is about the time um, we have uh, the entrance of Dr. Zayas. Zayas. He's an orangutan. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the orangutans are the... High council. High council. Kinda. They're the, I guess what you would say, the politicians. Yeah. And, and, and somewhat religious. And very, very yeah, religious. Which is an odd mixing. Yes. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Zero, you know, basically shows... Tries to show Zayas how Taylor is trying, to, trying talk. to talk. He says basically the same thing that the gorilla did. Oh, he's just trying to mimic yeah. what you're... Uh, he just believes that men are stupid and can't be taught anything or learn anything. Well, yeah. I mean, he says really humans can learn a few tricks. Yeah. And I said, almost like you're teaching a dog how to <laughs> fetch or roll over or something. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he doesn't have much of an opinion of humans mm -mm. at all, which, you know, which ironically Taylor doesn't either, but go figure. So it quickly mm -hmm. moves to kind of like another scene where they're bringing that female to put in his cage. And they say that Zira wanted Taylor to have her. So you're like, what? Yeah, I mean, it well, makes... For what? It was like you were saying, I think she kind of sent something in him. Towards her. Or, or not towards her, uh, but just something in him in general that was different than the others uh, that she couldn't ping yeah. on what it was. You know, because none of, nobody's ran into human that could talk. That even tries to speak. Or even tries to speak. Yeah. Yeah, they're just all like probably just grunt and like holding their hands out like, give me, mm -hmm. give me. Because you know? the female, she she doesn't 
talk at all no. in the whole movie. No, no. They they seem to find a way to communicate through vis like they visually look at each other. Yeah, or um, they kind of or get th- close that way or gesture with smile, their hands. Yeah, and things like smiles that. towards each other. Then we go outside, and I guess they're outside in it. <laughs> they're like in the yard. Yeah, in the yard, <laughs> like walking in prison. Yeah. And it's Taylor and Nova and just a bunch of other humans. And this is our first uh, introduction of Cornelius. And he's Zira's fiance. Fiance. No, she, no, they weren't married yet. That's yeah, right. She's, yeah, she's. They're engaged. Yes. And they 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 have the funny little kiss. Yeah. Where they don't anybody see them kissing, and then they just kind of do the little pecks real yeah, quick. Yeah, 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 so exactly. cute. Yeah, yeah. They're a cute couple. Then Azira uh, takes uh, Cornelius over to see Taylor. Yeah. Like, you know, I want to let Introduce you see. Introduce you to him. Yeah. And while they're talking, I think Azira turns her back and is talking to Cornelius, Taylor gets down and starts to write. He's trying to write a message to her in the dirt. In the dirt. This is about the time, and what is it? Zira starts to erase it. No, it's Nova. Yeah, that's right. Why did I say zero? No, it's Nova. Well, they don't really call her Nova yet, but yeah, we're, it's the we're, wild female. She starts, I don't know what she's doing. She just starts putting her hand through the message and messing it up. Yeah. And, and there's a wild man nearby, yeah. too, that's kind of kicking at the dirt and all. And Taylor gets angry at him. I think he pulls her by her hair, yeah. throws her backwards, and then the, he starts getting in a fight with the male. Yeah. And the guerrilla guards come in with torches and kind of break them up and drag Taylor back to the cage inside. Yeah, he's uh, removed. He gets in trouble everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This is the point Zayas kind of looks down at the ground and then he notices that there's some like letter, like word. Yeah, Dr. Zayas had walked up and they all kind of are just looking. He's just watching Taylor getting drug away. Yeah. But then he looks down and actually that's the funny thing in the trivia that she messed up what he wrote. But when he looks down at it, it's all there. And it says the word right. Oh, the whole thing is there? Yes. I only seen like a couple that of letters. That was a mess up in the, yeah. the movie. Yeah. And he kind of takes his like little stick or and cane. Messes and, it yeah, up. Yeah, he just kind of. But he wouldn't have needed to do that no. if it was messed up. Yeah. I mean, it looked like part of it was messed up to me, but not the whole thing. Trivia said it was all there, but yeah, it said I don't the know. word right. I don't know. It didn't like it was all there to me, but I could be wrong. Zara mm. comes to talk to Taylor in his prison. Yeah, he's uh, Taylor's dragged back inside and he's put back in his cage. And he immediately grabs her and steals her notepad. Then he motion for her again, and then she yeah. comes up, and then he grabs her that time and gets the notepad, mm-hmm. like you were saying. And then one of the guerrilla guards, he kind of bursts in the cage and starts beating him with a stick. Yeah, like a nightstick. Takes his notepad away from him. But he had written down before he took it that yeah. his name is Taylor. Yeah, he uh, that that ape, uh, or, or gorilla, hands it to Zira, and Zira just kind of looks down, and it says, My name my is name Taylor. My name is Taylor. And she just kind of looks up at him, and then Taylor looks at her, and mm-hmm. she's like, I want to call her in a leash, you know, for, for this one. And then she, uh, you know, takes him off. She takes him to meet with Cornelius. Yeah, they go to uh, Zero and Cornelius's home. Cornelius is very skeptical, of course, yeah, of what's he, going on here. Yeah, he's asking Taylor questions, and Taylor's kind of writing on the notepad answering him. Yeah, and like Cornelius can't believe that Taylor is writing. 
And yeah. Yeah. You know, he's almost acting like, well, it's just something he just picked up or something. Right. Maybe he don't know what he's talking about mm-hmm. and this kind of thing. Which, yeah, that's and, kind of dumb. And Taylor writes that he learned it in school, like he was in school at Fort Wayne, Indiana. Indiana, yeah. Taylor wants to know what happened to, to Landon. Uh, Landon, and Zira says she doesn't she know. She doesn't know who that is yeah. and where he is. They kind of go into, like, how did he get here? Yeah, and he asked them for a map. And they get a map out, and he shows them where that ship crashed. And, and then he showed where he walked through. And Cornelius says that that area is known as the Forbidden Zone. Yes. And uh, nobody, nothing can survive there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they don't believe that Taylor came from another planet or yeah. outer space. You know, they don't believe in flight. Yeah, and Zira, she mentions that Cornelius has had a theory that apes evolved from man. Yes. And she thinks the existence of Taylor proves his theory. Mm-hmm. And Corn- Cornelius just seems in these scenes scared to rock the boat with the higher council. Well, that's the way a lot of people are. You kind of get into that thing. And he's your typical how everybody is in their lives, or most people. He doesn't want to rock the boat. He's, you know, he's comfortable in his life. He tells Zara that, you know, we've both got good careers. We're about to get married. We're going to have a good life together. I'm about to get a raise. Yeah. He says that. So he's just more focused on not rocking their boat. Well, yeah. And you just don't question the higher ups. Right. You know, and and in this case of this movie, you start questioning the higher ups, you get big problems ahead right. of you. Right. And there's just all these these things in the scriptures about men. And yes. it's been kind of taught to them that... And the sacred scrolls, scrolls as they're right. called. Yes. So, like, the fact that Taylor's standing in front of them is just a dilemma well, into it, itself. It throws everything yeah. that they were taught out the window. Out the window. Because yeah. he talks. Yeah. He can... He processes thoughts and he's nothing like what they've been taught i've always looked at this as the equivalent i remember there was this terrible movie that came out i think in the 90s it was called the body and what this movie was about is somebody finds the bones of jesus christ oh no and it makes it throws religion and everything in a turmoil and people are trying to keep it quiet and yeah. that's what this would be the equivalent right. of for right. these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then uh, the orangutan leader comes. Well, first off, before this, like I said, they don't believe in flight. Oh, when, yeah. they tell, when Taylor tells them that he came from, I think he tells them he came from. He's an plane. astronaut and he came from outer space. He well, I think a, he says that later. He makes a paper airplane and throws, throws it across. It. And they're like, Whoa. Yeah, and then they just kind of look at it like, huh. Because they think flight is Flying just, is not possible. Is not possible. Yeah. Yes. So then that orangutan leader visits. Uh, Dr. Zayas comes Vera. in with uh, a couple of other... Uh, Zira. Oh, there I go again. Vera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You had Vera written down. <laughs> I had to something. go through my notes and correct all my Zeras. Yes. Or Vera's to Zira. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Dr. Zayas shows up for his appointment with Cornelius that he had said earlier. Yeah. And he wants to know why Taylor is there. He says he should be on a leash by law. Yes. And he has the guards put a muzzle on him. Yeah, and kind of take him away. That's when Zayas notices the paper airplane on the floor. And he's like, what's this? Yeah, and he picks it up. And And he says, it's just, I think Cornelius or somebody says, oh, it's just like a toy, like an air air toy or something like that. And Uh Zayas just comes and just crumbles Crumbles it up. Crumbles it up. 
because these are times you're starting to realize Zayas knows a little bit more than he's letting oh, on. Oh yeah, there's some. If he always acts like he knows something that nobody else knows. Yeah, he's very shifty. Yeah. And then uh, Taylor is, you know, like you were saying, he was muzzled and taken back off and took back to his cage. And it moves to a scene where he's asleep with Nova. Yeah. And they're spooning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're spooning. I guess she's his woman now. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's the way I take it. Uh, I mean, she's cute as hell. So, you know, if I was a caveman, I'd probably pick her too. Well, yeah, yeah. She's cute. Yeah, and she's got clean teeth and everything. Yeah, she's, she, she looks a little out of place. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very out of place. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Taylor is kind of listening to a couple of the gorillas talking, and they're talking about you know he's gilding him. Yeah, he's going to be taken out and being gilded. Uh oh. And um, that's not anything any man no, wants to hear. No, I guess they don't want him and her having babies, and it didn't ever show them have sex or in like even hint that they were sleeping together. I don't. I, I guess that's just a, not, a natural process that that would happen eventually well it's i think it's kind of implied Mm -hmm. but you just don't know yeah yeah Yeah. i mean that's what else i gonna do yeah i mean that's my best guess i mean they never really go into that one of the guards says that um zero wants taylor and the female to mate but the other guard says that's not going to happen because dr zayas wants him to be castrated he doesn't want them to breed yeah and i guess you know as you get to see how dr zayas is you kind of understand why and, you know, like I said, of course, Taylor overhears this, and then the apes go over to him, and they... They're, they're going to drag him out. Yeah, and... He gets past him and runs yeah, out. Yeah, he makes a break for it, and he takes off, which any man would do. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, well, you left your woman! Well... <laughs> Everybody for yourself. <laughs> she wasn't going to get gilded, so That's she true. would be fine. You know, yeah, she, you know, uh, she would just be in a cage. She'd be fine. <laughs> And Taylor's like running through, I guess, basically the inside of Ape City. You know, you kind of get to see... He gets in a building. It's almost like a religious ceremony is going on. It's an ape church, in a way, uh, because there's a statue of the lawgiver there, and they're talking about, uh, I guess, their their form of scripture. Yeah, and there's like, you know, the people attending service. Yeah, like Sunday Mass, I guess. Yeah. And this little chimp kid sees him and rats him out. He's like, oh, you know, he just points at him and and then the guards kind of get after him. He kind of jacks a few of them up. Oh, yeah, yeah. He gets back outside. Yeah, this is a pretty well done chase scene because Mm -hmm. not only is it a chase scene, but you're getting to see this ape world even more on what the little little things are going on in it. That and also their responses to him when yeah. they see him. Anytime he gets near women, they scream like he's an animal. Well, yeah, it'd be almost like if you and I were out somewhere and there was like and a, a gorilla, come, and a gorilla come charging through. I'd be yelling. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. exactly what this would be. So they're scared of him like he's an animal. Yeah, well, you know, to him, to to them, he, he is, is an animal. Yeah, yeah. And he gets back outside, and the gorillas are on the horses chasing him. And he really kind of gets away from most of them. Yeah, he's pretty... Uh, Nimble. He yeah. just kind of jumps up from building to building. and. Yeah, and then he... I, I, doesn't he end up back inside again? He gets like almost like a museum looking kind of, and it's got a bunch of wild men statues, or you think they're statues, yeah, but to in me, there. But they're, they're stuffed. 
Yeah, and yeah. he runs into a female chimp with her little kid, and she starts screaming, and he takes off running. Yes. And he passes Dodge. Yes. Staying there. That's right. And he realizes they're stuffing those ones that they killed. Yeah. It's like trophy hunters. Yeah. 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 Like, like, look how good we are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like trophy hunters, but it's like, okay, we're going to put them in a museum also yeah. and display. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Taylor kind of makes his way back out. And, you know, he's being surrounded. There's gorillas and orangutans and everything throwing food fruit and these vegetables and just throwing anything at him they're like Mm -hmm. pelting him with stuff yeah he's gonna be like stoned yeah with food and he's uh dragged off he gets a whip around the neck and he's dragged and then he gets out of that and he runs and then he's like has a net thrown over him yeah and then he's caught in that net and then jerks they him up in the air and they jerk him up into the air and then lower him down yeah and zira comes running out and she's like why did you run yeah why well, yeah and he finally speaks yeah when, a, when a gorilla comes up to grab him and says no he's property of yeah. us now you know and everything else and then he basically turns to him and tells him Get your stinking paws off me, you damn, damn dirty, dirty apes. apes. Which is probably not the best thing to say. No. <laughs> and they all look at him like... Dang, like, he talks. Yeah, what the hell. Yeah. Yeah, and... It was awesome. I loved that scene. Yeah, and I remember hearing about that scene. Charlton Heston had like pneumonia. a flu or pneumonia. He had been out in the elements and the, the feminine was taking so long he, being in, yeah. in hot... And he got the flu. Yeah, and they said that's his real gravelly voice right mm-hmm. there really played into that because yeah. I guess after your throat would heal from something like that, you would probably sound like it anyway. Mm-hmm. So it really played into that uh, well. Yeah, I know I was reading, I have a book called The Plan of the Apes Revisited, and he talked about how like this, there's a scene that'll be coming up where he's like hosed down in a cage, and yeah. he said he got very sick yeah. doing that too. But, and it kind of goes back to him in this the cage with nova yeah and this is where he he names her nova yeah this is where she officially gets her name mm-hmm. Nova. we've been calling her that the whole time but she wasn't he named says that. nobody listens to him but her so he names her nova yes she just kind of like just looks at him she's doesn't speak she's yeah she's, i guess she's kind of the perfect woman she doesn't nag she doesn't want to talk about her feelings all the time and <laughs> uh, what what are you calling that a keeper? Is that yeah. what you what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That would kind of probably drive me crazy after a while. But is this uh, the oh, guards okay. come in and they grab Nova? Yeah, and they take her to uh, 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 the cage yeah, across. I mean, they're really mean to her, roughed with her, and Taylor's getting really angry that they're hurting her. They just drag her out and put her in the one the cage across from him. Yes. So I obviously want them separated now. Mm-hmm. And Taylor's just kind of looking at her from the other cave, and he just laughs. And he says, now he doesn't even have her. I don't know what that means, company, or... This is where they're hosed down to, when he's getting rowdy. Yeah, they, they're spraying them both, and they drag her out. Yeah, because, you know... And when he just said, this is a madhouse, uh, yeah. a madhouse. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're just, they're hosing his ass down. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like... They're like, I'm... shut up. That guard's like, shut up, you freak, or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then we get to where he's like talking to her. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess after all that, he came down and he's talking about like he, he just laughs because he's like, you know, he's at the lowest you can be, and he said, now I don't even have you. 
Yeah. And he starts talking to her about women on earth that he'd had a lot of sex with women and well, he says it was, but lo- no love. It was a, a lot of love making, but no love. Yeah. And he, he, you get his feeling on even more so here on his distaste of humanity. Yeah. And, and he starts talking about Stuart, which is that female astronaut that was died on the plane or the ship. Yeah. You didn't really get to know her. It just showed her. It showed one scene before he laid down in his chamber. She was blonde. And then it showed her dead when they woke up. Yeah, yeah, she didn't even get a line of dialogue in the movie. Yeah. So he's talking about her, and he's talking about that she was going to be the new Eve. Mm-hmm. And I guess she would have been the maid of Taylor Landon and Dodge. I, don't, I wonder no. if she knew what the plans for her was. Uh, yeah. Or did I'll, she know that was going to happen, or uh, that's what they intended for her? Um, I do not know. So, um, that have been a hell of a job to volunteer for, but I imagine she probably, I'm going to feel safe to say she probably didn't know. Wow. But, you know, Taylor sits there and asks, you know, as far as Nova, can she love, does yeah. she love me? Well, before that, he says something that I would have smacked him. He tells her that she's not as smart as Stuart, but she's the only girl in town now. Yeah, everyone wants to hear that. Why? That you, that, that, she's <laughs> that you're not, just what's left. Yeah, you're the leftovers. <laughs> yeah, well, even though Nova's cute as hell. Yeah, well, that's what I know. I mean, obviously, beggars can be choosers. Yeah, you, on that. you, you, the one that lucked out. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's a very attractive. Yeah, she has cute. all of her teeth and yeah. everything else. <laughs> you and know, so all the other parts. Yeah, so she's fine. But, so you know, he just kind of talking about it can she love and you know she's just smiling at him yeah yeah because i think she's just as fascinated with him and i I can't really blame her he looks pretty good in this movie he's got the tan and blonde hair he's got the hot bod (laughs) well yeah yeah i mean that's what i mean heston was pretty fit i mean they did say that he was a guy he literally did like a mile run i remember they were talking about it in that book where they said heston during lunch break before he had lunch he would run a mile wow and then you know every day i admire anybody that runs because i i'm just not good at running like i've tried it i just i don't know i there's a technique to running yeah, and I imagine this movie you would had to have been in pretty good shape because oh, yeah. he this isn't like a movie where there was CGI to no. help you through Mm-mm. everything. I mean, I imagine he had a stunt man that did some of the stuff, but you could see at times it was actually him doing it. Yeah, so, so. he was pretty good looking in this movie. Like I guess I share a hay bit and cage with him too. Well, yeah, you take yeah, you know. So take, she's she's happy. Yeah, that's he's all, happy. Yeah, it's all good. And uh, I guess then shortly after this, Taylor is taken away. Yeah, he's going to, the guards come and get him, take him to a meeting with Zira and Cornelius. Well, it's not exactly a meeting. They're taking him into like a courtroom. Courtroom, yeah. Yes, With the orangutans, high council. Yep, the high council. But Zira and Cornelius are there too. Yes. They're kind of like his defense. Yeah, uh, because he, so apparently it's been weeks since he talked. Yeah, because he just, he tells to Zira, like, where have you been? I haven't seen you for weeks. Yeah. So time has passed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at least a few weeks to a month. So the, the orangutan council kind of come in, in and sit down. And one of them says Taylor stinks. Yes. And the guard goes over and rips Taylor's loincloth off. Yeah. And that was actually Charleston Heston's very first nude scene ever in a movie. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. It yeah. just shows his butt. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of shots, but like I said, there was already nudity earlier in this movie. Like I said, mm-hmm. this movie was rated G, mm-hmm. which I couldn't even imagine. You can't even do that in a PG-13 movie. I think now. it's just odd in general that it was male nudity and not female. That Nova was never naked, ever. I think they said that she had a wardrobe slip one time, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think in this case, it just kind of made sense. I guess. The nudity, because really, he's an animal. They're going to treat him like an animal. Yeah. And like, if you're stinking, you, they want your, your the stuff. And you, you know, it's humiliating to yeah, this, have uh, your clothes taken away and you're standing in front of everybody naked. And, and of course, there's a big uh, trial. This is basically a trial, more like an inquisition, probably in some ways. Which is really stupid because they don't think he has any rights under ape law. Well, yeah, they say he's a human, therefore he has no, he has no rights. rights under ape law. And the orangutans say that, um, you know, Zira and Cornelius are kind of putting their careers on the line, trying to help him. Yeah. So well, you kind of start getting the feeling that Zira is about to get in trouble. Well... Zero and Cornelius want to know what Taylor is being charged with. Yeah, because, yeah. Well, if, yeah. If he doesn't have any rights, rights, then why is he, why is he the be, accused? Why is, yeah, why is he the accused? Why is he, mm-hmm. yeah, why is he here? They're trying to spin it on him. Yeah, exactly. Taylor naturally tries to defend himself. They just say, you know, they try to shush him one yeah, time. Yeah, the guards come up and grab him by his throat. Yeah, and, and then they ga- they basically gag him pretty yeah. much. The orangutans have no interest in listening to anything he's got to say. No, no. And they kind of, they say that Zira and Dr. Galen operated on Taylor's brain and made him able to speak and think for himself. That yeah. they manufactured him. Yeah, they mean, yeah. Which, how the hell you would do natural. that? he's not natural. Yeah, how the hell you would do that? It'd kind of be know. the opposite, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you operate on somebody's brain, you're going to do the polar opposite yeah. or something like that. These orangutans are some grumpy bastards. <laughs> well, the sad part about it is, is they're a lot like how some people are mm-hmm. now. That's people what I put and, in my and, notes, and, that they kind of fit in our times. Well, yeah, this is a movie to me that is like universal. Mm-hmm. You know, you could watch this movie anytime and oh, see yeah. stuff that happens today. There was this whole thing, uh, I remember this talking about like how apes are created in God's image mm-hmm. and things like that. <laughs> yeah. This, this just kind of got my brain all backwards, this movie. Just really? the way, because I've been taught that we came from apes. Yeah. So it's kind of reversing it. Well, in a way, it did reverse everything yeah. because uh-huh. we were uh, supposed, to, humans were supposed to evolve from apes, but then according to this movie, humans kind of wiped themselves out. And then apes, apes evolved. Or what was left became apes. Yeah, it yeah. evolved back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Taylor kind of writes a statement down for Cornelius to read and to the orangutans. It says that he came from another planet and that he's an astronaut. Well, he, he, it doesn't really get that far because they stop it because they <laughs> deem it nonsense. <laughs> hush. Yeah, hush. What was it? Sustain. Yeah, <laughs> Objection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just, they basically don't want to hear it because they're just like, this is a bunch of shit. You know, they don't even, I mean, that's pretty bad when, and you know this is slanted against him even then. Yeah, they don't want to hear anything. Because... They don't even want to hear what he has to say. Yeah. There's you know, no openness th- yeah, at there, all. There's no nothing he could say that's going to say like, We've already ass. decided. Shut up. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just don't waste our time. There was some point in this where he talks about uh, how 
was it something like all apes are created equal and then mm -hmm. taylor says some are more equal than others, than others yeah, yeah something like that which yeah yeah, yeah. wasn't well, yeah um so the orangutans they kind of point out that that they knew that there were other men with taylor before and they yeah. know dodge is dead yeah. but they want to speak to london landon yeah, they say that he was rounded up, and then the council says, well, okay, let's go see yeah, this. see, see yeah. if he talks. Yeah. So they go outside, and he they find Landon with a group of the wild men, yeah. and Taylor goes up to him, and you realize that they've operated on his head. Yeah, they gave uh, him a lobotomy. But lobotomy, and he is like the living dead. He yeah. just has no awareness of anything yeah. around him. He doesn't speak anymore. Mm -hmm. He just shuffles where they push him. Taylor just looks Gets, at Zayas and says, you, you, did, this on you did this on purpose. And yeah. which I feel they did. They did, yeah. Because I feel safe to say Landon was talking. Zayas was aware of this. Mm -hmm. And Zayas was like, I'm going to have to put a stop to this. So yeah, they put so him it, on the table. It tape. proves his theory yeah. that men don't speak. That Taylor's just some kind of freak. Yeah. That's um, been... This is basically some kind of... Con conspiracy or something that's coming in that's going to rock their right. humble little world mm -hmm. here and Zayas wants to shut it down. Yeah, so they go back in to where they were the courtroom or whatever it is and they're, Dr. Zayas is talking about how that Landon he had ordered Landon to be saved because he had had a fractured skull. So he tries to say that they saved him. Which you don't buy that. No, Taylor doesn't believe him. No, no, because... He did get hit in the head, but I don't think that's what caused that. No, that's a lobotomy scar. Yeah. Yeah, that was done on purpose. You know, that's just, uh, yeah, basically feeding a bunch of lies. And then you find out they're, they're wanting to charge uh, well, Cornelius and Zira with heresy. But before that, Cornelius talks about he went on expedition years before. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And he was in the Forbidden Zone. Yeah, and this was uh, against uh, the council. Yeah, and, uh, and he, well, he said it was with their approval. Yeah, but it, there was something about it that they didn't approve yeah. of. Uh, he says there was proof that man lived there before. Yes. And the orangutans continue to not believe that man was anything but an, like a mute animal. Yes. And Zara mentions that if they don't believe that men existed before apes, that Taylor must be evolved from apes. And the, <laughs> this is the part that orangutans get very disturbed yes. by this. And one of them starts holding his hands over his eyes. The next one, because they're in a line sitting next to each other. One's holding his hands over his eyes. The next is ears. And the other one's his mouth. Yeah, so this supports see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Exactly. I think these orang, like I said earlier, I think they fit in now times. I mean, they don't listen to anything. They only hear what they want What they hear. believe in. No one else could possibly be right. Nope. Yeah. 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 It's, it, <laughs> it, it's scary how this is this hits on times now. Oh, yes. Then this gets to what you were saying, that they think you start getting the feeling that they're, they're going to start going after Cornelius and Zira. Well, they want to charge them with heresy. heresy. Really, court is adjourned. Uh-huh. And Taylor is taken away. And Taylor is taken to Dr. Zayas's uh, office. Private office, yeah. yeah. And he tells, Zayas tells Taylor that Zira and Cornelius have been let out on bail, but they will stand trial. 
for heresy saying. And he says, I want, you know, in a way, kind of thanking Taylor because, you know, we, it helped us get to the, get to the bottom. You know, of you it. kind of helped to get yeah. to the bottom of yeah. their shenanigans. Well, they've, they've pointed themselves out to the ones that are standing up for something else. Yeah. You got to well, get them out of the picture. You're, you're against the status quo. Right. And you got to get them out of the picture. Yeah. You got to get them out of the picture because yeah. they're, they're looking to uh, rock your boat here and <laughs> yeah. they don't want that. Mm-hmm. And Zayas looks at Taylor and basically says, here's the thing. I will have you castrated and lobotomized. If you don't tell me the, the truth, truth about who you are and what you are. And if you tell me the truth about who, who you are, I will give you a reprieve. But Taylor tells him, I'm telling I'm you. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, I have, you know, it's basically I have nothing to gain out of lying. I yeah. am telling you the truth. And Zaya says Taylor is a mutant and he thinks that he has a nest of other mutants and he wants to know where his nest is. Yeah. And because he, he was saying like something like Fort Wayne, and he says that just sounds Fort. It almost sounds like something militaryish or something yeah. like along those lines. Yeah. I can't remember the exact word. Taylor asks Zayas, like, "What have I done to you for you to hate me so much?" Yeah. And Zayas calls him a plague. He act, he like I said earlier, he kind of like he acts like he knows something that everybody else doesn't. He never says what it is at that point. No, not yet. I think really here, Zayas kind of gives Taylor an ultimatum. He says, I, you've got six hours. To confess, confess. give your true confession, or you you'll can, be lobotomized. Yeah, and castrated. And castrated. Taylor is just let, let out, and he's just shouting like, I'm scaring you. Why? What are you afraid of? What are you of? afraid of me? Uh, yeah, yeah, as he's being drug out, and Zayas just kind of, yeah, whatever. Shakes his head. Yeah. And next we go into... Uh, Taylor's back in his Taylor's cage. Taylor's back in his cage. Nova's still in her cage. and well, Then we have this young ape come. He's a chimp. Or a chimp, yes. And he comes to talk to, uh, I guess it's an ape named Julius. Julius. Or, gr- or gorilla. guard on duty. Yeah. And this uh, young ape talks about how uh, Taylor is to be taken away to go into like a... Public a, zoo because yeah. his ability to speak. Uh, his, he, his he's abilities. something that should be seen. Yeah, his abilities. Yeah. You know, this uh, gorilla naturally, like, uh, you know, just kind of like hemming and hawing about yeah, it. You let know. me see your orders. Yeah, and then uh, I think this this ape gives, or this, uh, was it an ape or orangutan? He's a chimp. He's a chimp. And he gives uh, this one, uh, this ape, the papers, and then he kind of motions at Taylor like, you know. Yeah, the guard's kind of walking, has his back to him, but in the background you see yeah. that chimp motioning to Taylor. Yeah. And then this chimp goes over and grabs like a... a well, the guard turns her back around. He says, these orders aren't right. The chump rushes the guard. And pushes him into Taylor. And Taylor, Taylor holds grabs him. him. And then he hit, grabs a st- stick he uses to beat them with. He yeah. hits him over the head with it. Yeah. And, of course, you come to find out that this uh, young ape is named Lucius, Lucius. And he is Zira's nephew. Nephew. And Lucius uh, is there saying, I'm here to get you out. Right. And he and, lets Taylor out of his cage and... and Taylor kind of immediately goes over to let Nova out. And he's like, Zira doesn't want her. And, and Taylor like, says, I want her. Yeah. And, and he won't leave her behind. Yes. So he lets her out and they leave the building. Yeah, they kind of make their way out. Yeah, it's nighttime outside and they're sneaking away. And then uh, Zira kind of meets up with them. Yeah, and she's kind of upset that they brought Nova. But, you know, Lucius is like, he wouldn't leave her. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. She's like, whatever. Yeah. And she gives Taylor some clothes. Or like fur. Yeah, clothes like furs or something. Or something. He yeah. says they stink and 
She's like, whatever. Well, she's like, you know, all humans look alike. Yeah, all men stink. Yeah, all, That's men what she stink. Said. all men stink and they all look alike. And they're not going, you know, you put this on, they ain't going to be able to tell you one from another. They put it on. And they push them in the, like a caged wagon. And then they uh, are riding get, to get out of Ape City. Mm-hmm. And now uh, right here, we'll be taking a break. And then when we come back, we will uh, go to the uh, conclusion of Planet of the Apes. Okay. Troy, Mac Parker, ever hear of Planet of the Apes? Uh, the movie or the planet? The brand new multi-million dollar musical. And you are starring as the human. It's the part I was born to play, baby. Help, the human's about to escape. Get your paws off me, you dirty ape. (gasps) He can talk. He can talk, 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 he can talk. I can sing. Oh, help me, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, oh, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. What's wrong with me? I think you're crazy. Want a second opinion? You're all so lazy. Dr. Zayas, 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 oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Can I play the piano anymore? Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. This play has everything. Oh, I love legitimate theater. I hate every ape I see From chimpan A to chimpanzee No, you'll never make a monkey out of me Oh my God, I was wrong It was Earth all along You finally made a monkey Yes, we finally made a monkey Yes, you finally made a monkey out of me. I love you, Dr. Zayas. And we are back. And after um, Zira gets uh, Taylor and Nova out of the city... They meet up with Cornelius, who has uh, horses and guns and supplies. And he kind of mentions that they're all fugitives now. Taylor, you know, of course, wants out of the back, and they let him out. And, you know, Taylor, like, asked, you know, you have a guns? And he said, uh, Cornelius is like, yeah. He says, well, you won't need them. He said, well, that's fine if you don't, but I'm going to have one anyway. Yeah, he wants a gun. They give it to him. And Cornelius says that he, he and Zira are on the run now, and they'll be headed to the Forbidden Zone. Yeah, they... That is three days away from there. Yeah, they're going to go back to that dig site mm-hmm. that Cornelius was at where he found his uh, fossils. Nova tries to run away. Nova uh, notices the woods, and she it's almost like she wants to go back... Where she came from. Before she came from. Yeah, she knows where she's at. And uh, Taylor stops her and it's like, you know, no, you, you can't, can't go. It's not there. safe. It's yeah. not safe there, you know, which it wouldn't be because they would hunt her yeah, down Yeah, she again. could get called again. Yes. And they just kind of share their normal eye contact thing. That That's how they communicate with each other. Well, I think she doesn't understand what <laughs> he's saying 
but she understands what he's that implying. he's trying to protect her. Yeah. I think that's what, what yeah. she's getting from it. And really, pretty much, uh, Zira and Cornelius go, and Taylor and Nova go with them. Yeah. To, into the Forbidden Zone. And it shows a scene of, um, you know, Taylor asks Cornelius why the Forbidden Zone is named that. And it's like... Uh, he said that's kind of forbidden knowledge. Yeah, no one knows why. Yeah, it was just named that. And nobody knows why you're not allowed there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... But in, I think we find scrolls. out why. <laughs> yeah, 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 we find out why. So they head off again. And they're just traveling. Like I said, it's a three days travel to where they're uh, going. back. Then we cut to, they're outside. I guess they're outside where the dig site is because they're, they're out on... on the beach. On, yeah, they're on the beach and... Taylor's kind of shaving his beard off and... Nova is staring at him like he hung the moon. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, she's looking at him like that, but she's looking at him kind of confused about yeah. what he's doing. Because yeah, she, she probably has never seen anybody Mm-mm. do that before. And Cornelius comments that having no beard makes him look less intelligent. Yeah, less intelligent. I think Taylor then says, uh, well, where's this uh, side of yours? Yeah, can we, can we go in? He's like, well, we can go right now. Yeah, he wants to go, you know, explore in that cave. And they're all headed up to uh, this... Uh, they, they like built the sta- stairs and everything or steps to get in. Yeah, and the orangutans arrive. Uh, all the, the apes, uh, orangutans. Uh, the, the armed but, gorillas. Yeah, the armed them. gorillas. But really, I guess what you call the military yeah. of the place or some of the military shows up. And Taylor pull, pulls his gun and points it at Dr. Zayas and he tells Zayas to call the guards off or he'll shoot him. Yeah, he says, you know, if, if there's any shooting, you'll be the first to go. I think is pretty much what he says there. And Cornelius tells Zayas that, that there are artifacts in this cave that prove men existed before apes. Yes. And Zayas says he'll believe what they say if he sees the proof. You're like, hmm, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. you kind of don't really <clears throat> believe that. Why? So they go into the cave. Cornelius points out kind of like you've seen where they've dug. They've done the exploration there and he shows the different levels of the where artifacts were found. Yes. And there were things that proved that men existed before apes. Yeah, there's a, well, there, they first, there's this uh, pile of like, bones. Bones, yeah. There's just random other things. And Taylor like, picks up some stuff and kind of just goes over and sits to the side. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, like a... A doll. A human doll. And like you said, Taylor is kind of sitting messing with that stuff he picked up. And he has eyeglasses and false teeth and a heart valve that was dug up in the cave, which I guess it was come from somebody that lived. Yes. More proof that men existed before apes. And he also points out that the technology of these items makes men superior to apes. He's taunting Zayas. Oh, yes. Yes. And he suddenly feels the need to challenge him for mankind yeah even though he's always kind of hated men himself well yeah that's it and i mean he just proves uh that they were here before you and they were better than right because look at the technology that yeah. they had yes and, and nova's kind of been holding that doll yeah zayas she, kind of puts the doll down over there around she where nova picks is, it up. and she picks it up and then the doll says says something it says mama mama and she drops it so Taylor points out to Zayas that would apes make a doll in human form that speaks? Yeah, because humans aren't supposed to be allowed yeah. to talk. It's but proof yeah, that men made that doll yeah. in their image, yeah. in their ways. Yeah, and, it's not, talking. and an ape didn't make that. A yeah. human made that. 
then you hear kind of shooting from outside. Yeah, there's shots being fired outside. And Taylor and Nova run back outside, and I, I thought Nova was going to get killed in this scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's just like, Nova, Nova, stop, you know? And she's just running. I thought, oh, shit, she's going to get killed here. Yeah. But she didn't, thank God. Uh, apparently what happened here is the apes got to jump on Lucius, and there's a kind of a firefight that happens. Mm-hmm. Taylor acts like he has been wounded. No, he grabs Zayas first, right? No, no, that's to draw Zayas out of the cave. Oh, that's right. Because, you know, Zayas has stayed in yeah, there. Yeah, he acts like he's been shot. Because Zayas drops the doll. Yeah. Because he even and it says, like, Mama again. Yeah, and he's like, ugh. And uh, I think the whole plan was Zayas was going to stay in the cave, and then the gorillas were going to get a drop on him, and as soon as they did, Zayas right. could come out of the cave. Right. But then... It didn't happen. Yeah, Taylor acts like he's been shot. Right. And then Taylor's like, or Zayas is like, okay, well, they wounded him. I yeah, can I'm come on out. out. And then he comes out, and then Taylor grabs, grabs him. him. And... So he's holding him hostage, and he tells Zayas again to call the guards off. Yeah, it tells them to withdraw. And he tells him kneel on the ground. The apes, really what they've done is, after that, they've taken off with all their supplies. They took it off to, I guess, the other side of the mountain. They took their horses, and Taylor demands a horse and enough for who, for him, enough food for him and Nova to leave with. In exchange for Dr. Zayas. And Lucius, I think, says, well, what if they don't agree to that? He, Taylor says, well, I'll kill him. And Zero's like, you know, no, no, don't do that. And he's like, you go tell him. And Taylor, he's continuing to taunt Zayas because he's just had enough of him. Yeah, well, he's had enough of his shit. But Zayas asked Taylor, if men are superior, why did they not survive? Yeah. And like, mm, good question. Yeah, yeah, well, there <laughs> you go. Well, yeah, if a man is superior to us, why is he no longer around? Yeah, and Zayas has Cornelius read from an ancient scripture that talks about the evilness and greed of men. Sacred scrolls, yeah. and it is, beware the beast man. For he is the devil's pawn, alone among God's primates. He kills for sport or lust or greed. He will murder his brother to possess his brother's land. Let him not breed in great numbers, for he will make a desert of his home and yours. Shun him, drive him back into his jungle lair, for he is the harbinger of death. Sadly, spot on. Spot on in some ways. Uh... I don't want to get into much human bashing because I am a human, but, uh, uh, well, to some people maybe, but yeah, that's, uh, that hits the nail on the head. So Taylor, he starts to pack a horse to leave because they yeah. brought a horse over to Well, him. they agreed to the terms. Yeah. Yeah. And, um. He's totally dragging Nova around by her wrist in this whole scene. She always looks confused. Taylor gets, uh, Nova and is ready to leave. Yeah. And he kisses Zira goodbye. Yeah, well, he shakes Cornelius's hand. Yeah, and uh, Lucius's hand. Yeah, Lucius, and he tells Lucius keep flying the flags of discontent, and he says, mm-hmm. "Don't trust him by over 30. Because Lucius is kind of representing the a couple of things that he said that he's from a new generation that don't quite believe the old ones. Yeah, yeah, he's. So uh, the changes are coming anyway. Yeah, the changes are coming, and you actually yeah. see a little bit of them changes in the mm-hmm. sequel. So Taylor kind of, um, uh, I, I thought it was funny, like when he kisses Zira. Like when you look at Cornelius's face in the background. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, He's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Taylor asked to kiss her, and she's like, I would, but you're just you're so, so ugly. Yeah, you're so damn ugly. <laughs> and, yeah, I really like that scene. And Taylor, 
gets on the horse and, and he pulls Nova up behind him. I think this is one last time where Taylor asks Ace, like, why do you hate me so much? Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, well, the Forbidden Zone was a paradise. Yeah. But you're kind made waste of it, basically. Zaz comments that Taylor might not like what he finds out there. And he says, oh, watch what you're looking for. You might, might not, not like what you find you out there. You might not like what you find out there. So and as Taylor rides off, the guards start to chase him on their horses. And Zayas is like, calls him off. He's just like, come back. Yeah, yeah. We're not. I yeah. want y'all to blow this. Yeah. Uh, Go get your explosives and they're going to blow that cave up. Yeah. He wants any evidence wiped out. Yeah. Of the he heat. doesn't want anybody able to get to that again. Yeah. Yeah, because that and uh, he says he's saving the future by doing it, and he's gonna charge uh, Cornelius and Zero with heresy. heresy. And uh, then Zero asks, uh, Well, what will Taylor he find, find out there and find his destiny? He find his destiny. Taylor, mm-hmm. you see Taylor and Nova riding a horseback up, on, the beach. Uh, up the beach on the shoreline, and at the same time, it shows a scene. Of the cave being blown yeah, up. Yeah, the cave's being blown up and they continue to ride. You start seeing some stone structures start appearing there. On. Well, they're going and there's this amazing overhead shot of Taylor and Nova riding. And you see something, but you can't place what, what it, it is, is. Yeah. right away. And Taylor's just looking at it almost like, am I seeing what I'm, I'm seeing? seeing? But yeah. he's kind of dumbfounded at the same yeah, time. Yeah, and he gets off a horse and he... Yeah, as the waves are just kind of crashing mm-hmm. uh, around him, he's just looking and he says, you, you finally did it. You blew it up. And it pans up and it's the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, and he's just crying uh, on the shoreline. You couldn't see if it was blown up or it been kind of like over the years, the ocean shift, or if it was buried, or you couldn't really tell. Yeah, like you maniacs, you blew it up. Blew it up. And he's just cursing. The human race. Yeah, he the ones realizes he, he's been on Earth all this time. He's been on Earth all this time, and he's defended the human the race, race as being better. Destroyed than themselves, and they destroyed themselves. Yeah, and he they, says, "Damn you to hell!" Yeah, damn. Yeah, <laughs> and all this, and it, so I mean, they've destroyed themselves, and now apes rule the Earth. Yeah, yeah. Apes are here. Men are gone. Yeah, exactly. Well, men, as you knew it. And uh, we fade out as the sound of the yeah, water the movie, crashes against the, the shore. The movie ends and the credits start to roll and it's only the sound of the crashing waves. Crashing waves. Which I love. I yeah, love that. Well, I love that sound because it wasn't no jaunty music. No. It wasn't no happy, life-affirming mm-hmm. kind of music of any kind. It's a very bleak ending. Bleak ending. And it's an ending... Because they kept saying, you know, he's not going to like what he finds out there. Yeah. And you now know that the Forbidden Zone... Is that because it is proof that men were there? Yeah, and it was New York. Yeah, it was for New York. where for him to see that he knows he's on Earth now, and and him defending the human race, race. and acting like oh men what were they better, did to themselves. men were better. No, men where are they at? Yeah, men weren't better. <laughs> yeah, men destroyed everything. That ending is probably one of the most famous endings in film history, and I still remember. I watched this movie when I was a kid. I had this was the days before internet. You couldn't look stuff up online. It just, it just rolled out as you saw it. And that ending rocked my world the mm-hmm. first time I seen it because I was like, you know, I was yeah. just my eyes just. I remember I was like blown away. Yeah. I was like, whoa! It made me want to watch the movie again. But of course, I didn't have a VCR. This right. wasn't on tape, and mm-hmm. I was just like, how did I not see it? I'll just never forget. I mean, there's just certain movies you watch, like I said, that buried themselves in your head. And that's mm-hmm. that that's ending. One of them. That ending just did it. 
the ending to the second one did it even more so. I felt like behind the times because like it shocked me too. Like yeah. I kind of knew it was coming, but like I hadn't seen all the before. Yeah. Like how big of a thing that was going to be for him. Yeah. To see that. Well, it really is a gut punch yeah. to the whole story. But like I said, that's a Planet of the Apes. Because how do you fight for mankind when they don't exist anymore? They're well, gone. and how can you defend something that is better? Destroys their self. But then they destroyed their self. But like I said, that's Planet of the Apes. And that, like I said, we'll get into our final thoughts on yeah. this shortly. Yeah. But I'll say we'll go into the trivia first, and mm-hmm. I will let you uh, jump in. With okay, yours. I did my usual. I just copy from IMDb, and I'll just kind of run through some things. Sure thing. And, you know, we were laughing about this when we were watching the um, commentary, some commentary that we were watching yesterday. They were talking about during breaks in film and actors, actors made up of different eight species tended to hang out together. Yeah. Gorillas with gorillas, orangutans with orangutans, and chimps and chimps. It, was, it wasn't it was required. It just naturally happened. It's like, you know, how we were having a conversation about how, like, you naturally want to be with who you're like. Yeah, who you relate to. Yeah. Yeah. Even though that, that wasn't, they didn't, weren't told that. Mm-hmm. It just naturally happened. That's just how life is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like it's a subconscious kind right. of thing. Yeah. Roddy McDowell, an experienced actor, recommended to his companions in makeup that they should frequently add ticks, blinks, and assorted facial gestures to add a sense of realism and keep the makeup from appearing mask-like. Yeah, because that was what they were mm-hmm. showing in the documentary because you had to really move your face yeah. around and really over-exaggerate. And their eyes were the only thing that weren't fake. Yeah. And like their eyes just kind of like made them really look human like to me because you can there's so much you get from eyes well that is the whole saying of the eyes are the windows to the soul yep and i usually can tell by who someone is by their eyes well yeah you do a lineup and you ask me who this person is i usually can tell you mcdowell reportedly became a merry prankster with the makeup driving home with his makeup on and shocking some of the other drivers on the freeway oh yeah yeah (laughs) While doing the Planet of the Apes 1974 television series, Roddy surprised Carol Burnett when he showed up on the Carol Burnett show. The family bus stop brief encounter 1974 in full Galen makeup while she was taping her intro talking to the audience. I think I remember watching that. They ran Carol Burnett on MeTV and I seen him come out one night in the ape makeup. That must have been Mm -hmm. what that was. Yeah, I remember seeing that. At one of the first test screenings, a woman walked up to Charleston Heston and asked him how he was. Heston had no clue who she was until she revealed that she was Kim Hunter. He simply hadn't recognized her as... He hadn't seen her outside of her eight makeup. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, I imagine, I think I have a little bit on this, but they would have to get there very early in the morning mm-hmm. to get their makeup on. So by the time everybody else showed up, they were already made up right. and, and they were ready to go. The see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil gag was entirely ad-libbed on the set on the day of shooting. It was kept in because people found it amusing when the film was threatening to get too serious. Yeah, well, I could kind of see that. You know, it's a little bit of a humor because that scene was pretty weighty and heavy. So I could kind of see that. All the eight actors and extras were required to wear their masks even during breaks and in between shots because it took so much time to make them up. Mm-hmm. Because of this, meals were liquefied and drunk through straws. They, we did see some scenes where they were eating food. Yeah, and that behind the scenes, 
they had to actually look in the mirror while they were putting like a fork or spoon in their mouth so they wouldn't touch the makeup yeah. and they would have to do that. They'd have to like watch yeah. themselves because if they got something. Well, if they, didn't one of the makeup artists talk about how like they would eat? Yeah, you know, at first. And then like it would get like peas and carrots hung in parts of the lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I imagine that was pretty rough to deal with. There were three other endings suggested for the film's climax, but the one favored by Charleston Heston ultimately won out. I wonder I, what the other ones were. I have one of them here. Charleston Heston was sick during much of the film with the flu. Rather than wait for him to get better, the producers felt that his hoarse voice added something to the character of Taylor. According to Heston's diary, after filming the scene where Taylor and Nova are forcibly separated... He wrote he was feeling like hell while shooting because of his illness and felt even worse every time that damn fire hose hit me. Oh, I can imagine. Because I, I imagine that wasn't warm water or mm -mm. hot water. I was in. No, that was and probably then you going out in that hot. Yeah, I imagine that was cold yeah. water. Turning down the part of Zero was one of Ingrid Bergman's greatest regrets. Much surprised at how well the finished film turned out. She later confided to her daughter, Isabella Rosalini, that in hindsight, the film would have been an ideal opportunity for her to discard her regal bearing. She also regretted missing the opportunity of working with Charleston Heston. I didn't know about that. The original script, the female native humans are all bare-breasted. This idea was squashed by Fox to appease censors. Well, yeah, so there was going to be some nudity. Yeah, but yeah, well, you had the men's bare butts. Well, there was nudity. It was just man nudity. It wasn't. Well, I think female. it's fair play. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't have no problem with either one. It's just yeah. that's weird that they objected to the female. Because that's usually the norm of Hollywood. Well, yeah, that's very strange. Yeah, allegedly Jerry Goldsmith wore a gorilla mask while writing and conducting the script to better get in touch with the movie. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> he also used a ram's horn in the process. The result was the first completely atonal score in a Hollywood movie. Yeah, I remember he used some very different things as instruments for that score to give it more of a kind of a weird sound. I can't remember exactly what they said. Producer Arthur Jacobs enlisted several journalists to play background apes. This was a clever way of ensuring that they would write about the film. Yeah, I could see that. Kim Hunter reportedly found the facial ape prosthetic so claustrophobic that she took a volume every morning while being made up as Zira. After a while, she didn't think she needed the pills anymore and went one day without taking one. After the morning's makeup session, she thought she did fine, but her makeup artist threatened to find someone to replace him. But her makeup artist threatened to find someone to replace him if she didn't start, start taking them again, as apparently he became exhausted from wrestling with her the whole time. Mm. Yeah, they, I imagine there's some people when they get made up because well, I, it's very claustrophobic. Well, even when we wear the mask for the pandemic, I feel that way. Yeah. Like, I feel like, get this off of my face. Yeah, I, I don't think I would be good with that uh -uh. kind of thing because I always admire people like Robert England, for example, yeah, who does do Freddy Krueger. Yeah, and yeah. he wore the Freddy makeup. And I'm just like, boy, I bet Because people just, think, oh, that's so cool. That's, you know... Makes his career, but they go through a lot. And it go, makes their skin. Yeah. It really hurts their skin because they yeah. use this stuff called spirit gum. Yeah. It, it makes it stick, stick. on. Yeah. And if you, you got to carefully take that stuff off or it'll start ripping into your, your skin off. Wow. So, 
Yeah, they whatever they pay some of them people to wear that stuff, it ain't enough. No. You know. The movies line, get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape, was voted as the number 66 movie quote in 2005 by the American Film Institute out of 100. Well, I think that should be higher. Because yeah. That's a, yeah. That's it's awesome. A, yeah. And Charleston Heston and Linda Harris, which is Nova, are the only actors to appear in both the film and the Planet of the Apes 2001. Yeah, she's in that one, but uh, she doesn't have a speaking part. She's just kind of there. Charlton Heston has a small scene, uh, but he does have a speaking part, but it's a small scene. But uh, the less said about that movie, the better. <laughs> um, Some of the discordant musical sounds were created by using stainless steel kitchen mixing bowls. There you go. Yeah, that's what some of the stuff. I remember those odd stuff that he used for the score. <laughs> and this is kind of went back it goes back to something that I was talking in the beginning Linda Harrison Nova was pregnant with producer Richard Zanuck's child and was starting to show towards the end of the shoot which re required careful posing on her part to conceal it yeah now you were saying that what Charleston was... Heston pretty much stayed in front of her or they shot her from the back yeah, or, and when she was on the back of the horse, she's wrapped her arms around him, so she's squashed against him. You can't see. Yeah, and you were saying what was the whole thing of he left his wife? They were having an affair. Yeah, he had a wife and kids. He's much older than her. He was in his sixties, I believe. Fifties uh, or sixties. Yeah, he was, and she was twenty-one. So obviously, the little young thing caught his eye, and he did stay married to her after the divorce. He married. No, Linda Harrison, which is Nova. Yeah. And they had two children together, but they were married for nine years. And then nine they years. divorced. Yeah. yeah. But it says, yeah, it says she was having an affair with the producer. In the year of the film's release, Zanuck divorced his first wife and married Harrison. The couple were married for nine years and had two children. And it's kind of funny because we, we came across something that Nova kind of had stood in for Zero. Why wouldn't he want his new fling to be the main role? I mean, I know he picks a role for her that's not speaking, not... Well, I think the point... It's like stand there and look pretty. Well, I think it's at... And one of the producers of the film kind of made a point. He said, you could put anybody in the makeup, but you got to have good actors and the makeup mm -hmm. to sell it. So, and she even was admitted, not much of an she said she was a neophyte, basically. Yeah. She said all the people there kind of took her under their wing because she was really green. Mm -hmm. And, that, you know, she said Heston was very helpful, Kim Hunter, Roddy McDowell, all of them were very helpful. Well, to maybe her. the beauty was her strength. Yeah, yeah, in a way, <laughs> because I think. If this movie would have had bad actors or lesser actors in the makeup, it wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. You know, you got to have them actors to sell it. So the opening scene on the space rocket was actually the last scene filmed as Heston had shaved off his beard toward the climax of the film. I could kind of see that where they shot um, all the stuff with the beard first and then shot the stuff where he was shaved, I would assume. Wouldn't it make sense to do it that way? No, wait a minute. They didn't do it that way. In this book, uh, I have Planet of the Apes Revisited, the mm -hmm. making of all the films. Charlton Heston has uh, something there from his diaries. He said the first day of filming on any film he does is almost a disaster. 
because he said they were shooting and the other actors like uh, that played uh, Landon and Dodge had fake beards and those beards wouldn't stay on. Oh no. And they kept having trouble with it because I said they were in water yeah. and things like that and the beards didn't want to stay on. Mm -hmm. And they said, he said every film he's done it's always been a nightmare that first day. And he said it was a nightmare <laughs> then too. He said this film was no different. So I don't know. I don't know that I quite think that's the case, but maybe so. You know, so maybe that right there is contradicting what I read in there. Yeah. Rod Steerling admits he spent well over a year and 30 or 40 drafts trying to translate the novel to the screen. Yeah, I have that in my notes. He wrote 30 drafts of the screenplay. And the apes don't make their first appearance until 30 minutes in the film. Yeah, that's about right. I think I'm just going to do a couple more. Okay. There are no female gorillas or orangutans in the film. No, there's not. Not gorillas, now they're chimps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's true. Charleston Heston was first exposed to Planet of the Apes when producer Arthur Jacobs sent him a copy of the novel. Heston was not impressed with the book, but nevertheless sensed that it had potential as an interesting film. And I guess the last one I'll talk about is, when adjusted for inflation, the movie holds the world record for the highest makeup budget, then 345 1542 which represented about 17% of the total budget, $2 million. That sounds about right, because I think even in the documentary, they said the makeup budget for the film was $1 million in that in 1968 money. And I guess I'll do one more. It says, filming lasted May 22nd to early August 1967. Yeah. Due to the stifling summer heat, all four sequels were wisely shot during the winter months. Yeah. The, the film, I actually have it here. The last shooting day was August 10th of 1967. Yep. And I guess that's all I'm going to do. Okay. Do you have any uh, quotes? Or I just had goofs. Goofs? Yeah. I didn't do any quotes. I yeah, think yeah, I forgot yeah, to. Yeah, go right ahead and do them. Um, as the ship arrives at the water's edge during the opening sequence, there are white boats docked at the shore. I didn't remember I seeing that. I don't remember seeing anything like that. And early in the film, several gorillas pose for a picture with dead humans. Camera technology is very advanced, required various chemicals and processing, both to create raw film develop film negatives once it is exposed and create final prints. There isn't any evidence of electrical generation or chemical production facilities. That, to the contrary, the ape civilization is very primitive, far more third world than first world. We didn't see that kind of stuff that we know of. Yeah. That yeah. I mean it wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. The ape civilization does not show, does not seem to know advanced technology or energy sources. Therefore, it would be impossible to use a fire hose to spray Taylor and Nova because a generator or machine is needed to create the pressure to drive the water. Hmm. Yeah, think about that. When the crew first encounters the primitive humans, they are all dressed in skins and have no tools or technology. When they start running from the apes, a man is holding a small girl over his shoulder with her, her, her rear pointed toward the camera, and she is wearing modern panties. I didn't notice that. I didn't see that. I remember that scene. I remember I him having her, but I didn't concentrate on all I that. I did not notice that. I try not to look at little kids' panties. Maybe that's what it was for me. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to that part of it. And, uh, yeah. And then audio-visual unsynchronized. Is that a, at about 15 minutes after Lennon sets up his tiny American flag, Taylor lets out a howling laugh, but in the shot, his teeth are clenched. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that either. Astronaut, and this is character error. 
The astronauts find a planet, a plant which they declare their first life scene on the planet. Remember the little yellow flower? I think yeah, it was yeah, something. They like are that. oblivious to the grassy ridge behind them, <laughs> seen when they are squatting. Scientist Dodge's first reaction to the life is to tear it up for no reason. <laughs> something no sensible ethical person would do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even notice the background behind them. I wasn't paying attention. I, I've never paid attention. I guess you know? the astronauts conclude that there is no life that no life is possible on the planet, but the air is breathable. The temperatures are congenial. And the water is not hurting them. They forget to check these while checking the soil. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess they didn't check to see if there was any fish in the water. And I almost kind of felt like that doctor told them, told everybody it was the forbidden zone because they didn't want them to go there. Yeah. They didn't want them to see that. So the, there's no poison or anything there. Yeah. They're trying to scare people from going there. And if it was a nuclear bomb that wiped it out, all the radiation and fallout would, would be gone. Yeah. Would have been yeah. dissipated like yeah. hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So um, Nova has a wardrobe slip when Taylor is being loaded into the capture wagon, which I didn't notice. I never It wasn't very it. obvious. I, if it, was, it was not obvious at all. Shortly after the crash, Taylor tells Landon and Dodge that they've been in space for nearly 2,000 years, give or take a decade. He is needlessly hedging as the final shot of the ship's Earth time chronometer just before the sinking clearly shows it's, it's been precisely 2,006 years. 2,006 years. Wow. In the prologue, when T Taylor is making his last audio recording before entering cryptosis, he states the six months at light speed for his crew has been nearly 700 years back on Earth. But the two sets of chronometers nearly sh clearly show it's closer to 701 years. That's nitpicking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's one year. Get over it. Yeah, that's nitpicking. Okay, continuity. Several of the outside shots of the spacecraft show that outer hatch removed long before Taylor orders it to be blown. I didn't notice. Didn't you say that was made of plywood? Yeah, this ship yeah. was made out of plywood. At the beginning of the film, when Taylor and his crew are trekking out of the Forbidden Zone, Taylor Taylor's backpack disappears and reappears between shots. <laughs> I never even noticed that before. God, it just shows how much I'm into this movie when I'm watching it, because none of these things that are goofs I've ever noticed. At around 1 hour 22 minutes, when Lucius comes to liberate Taylor, he clobbers Julius, whose cigar falls out of his mouth. The next shot shows it back in his mouth. <laughs> I never noticed that either. When Nova is being taken away, a lot of water is sprayed into the cage. In the next wide shot, no water can be seen in the cage or on the floor where it would have spilled onto. Hmm. Mm. No. <laughs> the font Taylor writes the My Name is Taylor note on is drastically different from that. He writes later. He writes notes for Zira and Cornelius while they're in their home. Also, when Julius knocks Taylor onto the floor of his gauge for mugging Zira out of her notepad, his note, my name is Taylor, is clearly facing up on the ground, but it's suddenly facing down when Julius picks it up to return it to her. I just don't notice things like this. Well, I'm watching the story. I'm not looking for, I guess I'm not looking for goose, unless they're just flat out obvious ones that you see. I'm not sitting there like nitpicking every little thing, so... Um, at around 20 minutes when the astronauts walk up a sandy hill, a single astronaut is seen, is shown walking uphill from behind, yet there are two sets of footprints by, side by side. The stump Dr. Zayas is tied to at the end on the beach changes shape twice. <laughs> I don't remember that either. Yeah. 
Taylor's hands switch from hanging down to holding the net around his neck and back between shots. Wow. I mean, I would just miss all this kind of stuff. I guess, like I said, I'm more focusing on the story being told. I'm not sitting there looking at different stumps or anything. When Taylor and Landon are discussing Lieutenant Stewart, their hair is alternately not being blown by the wind. Alternately. Alternately. I don't know what that Does that mean one was blowing and the other wasn't? Maybe that's what it was. That means I don't understand what that, that means. <laughs> that's very strange. Okay, and then they'll just go to factual errors. The wound dressing on Taylor's ne- neck would not continue to show a red spot of congelated blood and possibly pl- pus. It would rapidly change into a brownish color. Really? Well, you know when blood dries, it wouldn't stay red all the time. Yeah, you're right. Because, you know, when you take a Band-Aid off, the blood don't stay red on it constantly. Yeah. yeah. Humans evolved nowhere near the fat that fast. To 20,000 B.C. was only the age of the Karabian people in modern Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, and Israel. And they were obviously human. Oh, they're talking about how like, everything wouldn't have evolved as quickly right. in 2,000 yeah. years? Well, I kind of... Now, I did... I don't know if this was ever written or anything. I always looked at, like, there was nuclear fallout. Basically, the world was destroyed by a nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. Now, there's this whole thing where they allege, and I think it was even in the Godzilla movies, mm-hmm. they did it in the legendary ones, where they talked about how life sprung from the radiation and advanced and sped things up. Who says maybe that happened here? You know, where apes, you know, humans evolved back evolved into, back into apes. apes and the radiation. Yeah. Co- mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just filling in the blanks <laughs> in my own head. You know, maybe somebody else has said this before. I don't know. but A catastrophe as depicted in the movie would have obliterated the Statue of Liberty. Not exactly. Depends on where, where, where it was lands. close to Well, that's what I, I mean, happened. not exactly. Because who says it just didn't blow it up and then just break it in half? You know? Plot holes. At the end, when Taylor and Nova are riding along the beach, there is an overhead long shot from behind the upraised torch of the Statue of Liberty. The angle suggests they are directly beneath it. Taylor would surely have seen the whole statue at this point, but he does not react. A moment or two later, there is a front shot of the statue towards which Taylor has a rather delayed reaction. Well, I've heard that one before, but I always looked at it like maybe he was riding toward the sun. And you know, when the sun is in your eyes, maybe you're not seeing everything directly. You know, and I thought, well, maybe he might have seen it, but he couldn't pinpoint what he was looking at. Or maybe Taylor had bad eyesight and he needed glasses <laughs> until he got close. You Taylor know? claims the talking doll is proof humans once talked, asking would an ape make a human doll that could talk. Actually, a human humans make a lot of animal dolls that talk, so the reverse from apes is not all that unlikely. <laughs> mm. Taylor's remark is taking into consideration the ape's attitude towards humans, which would be considered sacrilege to construct a talking human doll. Well, there you go. That's what I looked at that right. as. You know, because apes look so far down on humans, they're not going to make a human doll that would talk. Yeah, that's the yeah. way I looked at that. And then I'll just do a couple of revealing mistakes. Sure. When Dodge blows the hatch, the windows fly out into the water. Then in the next scene... Inside the spaceship, the windows are still in place. Mm, I never even noticed that. 
While being hunted, many humans die prematurely, either before they get to the net or even before the net comes up. <laughs> oh, wow, I didn't notice that one either. And th- I think that's all I got. That's all you have? Yeah. Okay. So that's all your, mm-hmm. your stuff? Okay, yep. I'll dig into mine here. You did a few of mine, but my first one here is the film was, uh, I guess in 2001, it was added to the National Film Registry by the United States Library of Congress. So the film is basically going to be preserved for all time until time stops. Wow. Um, until apes take over. Oh, until apes take over, and then they can watch it and call it heresy. <laughs> um, other directors offered the film were Blake Edwards and J. Lee Thompson, which J. Lee Thompson actually directed the last two. Yeah, because he turned this one down, which he said he regretted turning this down. And but he did uh, Conquest and Battle. I think he was the two that he directed. Blake Edwards is a weird choice. He did the Pink Panther movies and stuff. That's odd. <laughs> the film's budget was just under six million dollars, all total. And uh, producer Arthur P. Jacobs shopped this story around to every studio, but they all passed it over. It took four years for Fox to finally pick the film up and get the cameras rolling. So he was shopping this idea around for four years for wow. somebody finally bit. Because at that time, it's a bit odd. Well, and you could just imagine you're looking at this thing and you're like, how are y'all going to pull this off? Apes that are talking? Mm-hmm. How are you going to do this? Yeah. And how are you going to do this on a budget that's not going to skyrocket the right. demand? The author of the novel, Pierre Bull looked at this film this book is one of his lesser works and he said he did not see how this book was even going to be filmed or even how the film would be a success early drafts of the script we talked about where nova was originally going to be pregnant yeah and the scenes were actually shot now but in this er and one earlier drafts nova's pregnant taylor is shot and killed at the statue of liberty Wow. And Nova runs off into the Forbidden Zone, and the film ends. Oh, but she has a baby. But she has a baby. Now, is this baby going to be like Taylor and smarter, so that seed has been planted? Planted, yeah. Yeah. Now, this kind of story was actually done. I have a comic in her graphic novel or whatever. It's uh, called Planet of the Apes Visionaries. It's Rod Serling's original script to Planet of the Apes. Now... This was adapted by a comedian, Dana Gould, and uh, the artist, I think his name is Chad Lewis. And it's very similar to the film, but the difference is, is apes live in a metropolis, like New York City. It's like, you know, just skyscrapers and everything. There's cars. Apes are walking around in suits and fedoras. Oh, wow. You know, they have eyeglasses, (laughs) all this kind of thing. So they're more new age. and Well, it's almost like a normal city. You'd walk, It's say like if we were to walk around in downtown mm-hmm. and everybody's dressed up, but it'd be apes. Be apes. And the, the ending to that one is similar to what the ending I just described. You know, because I think, because uh, his name isn't Taylor in that story. It's something else. But he's like, he kind of stumbles upon the Statue of Liberty and he's just like looking in stunned silence at it. And he's like, you know, it's, he can't believe what he's saying. And then he's shot in the back and killed. Oh. And then it's over. Wow. 
And they couldn't do the film that way. I guess not only because that's even more of a bleak ending. Also, they couldn't figure out how to do it in a big city. So they decided, let's go to reverse of that and have it more of a primitive society. Right. Because I know they had apes crossing the street on monkey bars. There were like bars hanging over. (laughs) You know, when cars were driving, they would just climb across. (laughs) And everything. It, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting to see yeah. those kinds of things, to see what the film could have been as yeah. opposed to what it evolved into. But, I mean, I just thought that was really interesting. And, of course, you went into some of this, like Rod Serling did like 30 drafts of the screenplay yeah. before it was taken on by somebody else. Um, Edward G. Robinson was originally going to play Dr. Zayas, but he turned it down due to difficulties with the makeup. Because Edward G. Robinson, they did a test thing, like they shot a test to see how the ape makeup would look. With Charlton Heston, Edward G. Robinson was Dr. Zayas, Linda Harrison was Zira in this test, and Mm -hmm. James Brolin was Cornelius. Wow. And they just did a test, you know, the whole scene with the doll. It took Mm -hmm. place in a tent. And originally, Edward G. Robinson, after that, he was going to play Dr. Zayas, but he said the makeup was just too much. He couldn't do it. He yeah. said he had a bad heart and everything. Yeah. And he just couldn't do it. But he worked with uh, Charlton Heston a little few years later on Soylent Green, which turned out to be his last movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched that the other day. Yeah, Soylent Green. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Edward G. Robinson. That was his last movie. Um, they said average time to apply the makeup on uh the eight makeup was between four to five hours wow i think they said by the t- as shooting got on and they got better about it they was able to get down to about three that's but, just a lot oh that's a lot that's a lot of sitting down. lots of monkeys in this <laughs> yeah and just imagine i guess that's what three say three hours sitting down getting it t- put on and mm. i imagine that's about as much time taking it off because you can't just i mean no. you can rip it off but it's going to yeah. hurt your skin yeah you have to have this like solvent and this kind of stuff put mm. on and it has to be peeled off wow and uh i got a little bit they a lot of people in this book had a lot of good things to say about charlton heston one of them i have here is the actor to play lucius uh lou wagner he talked about where they were shooting. I, the way he kind of describes it, it was down uh, maybe around in the gorge. And, it, you know, <coughs> it's uh, him and Charlton Heston and some of the other people that were apes. You know, they had to be like, you know, it took them about like, he says he says like a few miles to get down there. And he said it was so hot. It was like over 100 degrees down there. And you yeah. imagine with the ape makeup, it would probably be even hotter. Mm-hmm. They had water down there. But they had no straws, and they so couldn't drink. couldn't drink. They couldn't drink. Oh, that's not right. You know, that somebody forgot the straws. They had oh, a little no, base. that's camp. important. Straws are important. Yeah, they had a base camp like a couple miles away, I think. Yeah, and at this base camp a couple miles away, of course, they had straws mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Naturally. And what happened there is Charlton Heston didn't have any scenes that he had to shoot right there for the moment. There was a few scenes that he didn't need to be in. Mm-hmm. So he literally walked to go get straws for them while they were working, and then he brought them back. It's basically like two miles there, two miles back, roughly Aww, somewhere around in sweet. there. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, one thing I've read about Heston is he was like a really good guy to work with. I mean, yeah. he was somebody, you know, he kind of looked after 
everybody because mm-hmm. I guess if if you got a good happy crew and everybody's mm-hmm. you know everything th- everything easier yeah everything's a lot easier and he said that's the one of the things he remembered about Heston and that's just compassion for yeah you know people well the one thing Charlton Heston I didn't exactly agree with his political views yeah. on things yeah. but by all accounts of everybody I've heard that had talked to him. He said he was like one of the nicest guys you'd ever talk to. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that I remember hearing from many people mm-hmm. that had uh, encountered him, you know, when he was alive. So, I mean, that was just one of the things that they, I mean, there was a few other things that people talked about, you know, and, um, but that was one that kind of stuck out because that just kind of showed that Heston was a team player. Yeah. You know, because most stars nowadays, they'd be like, oh, whatever, go send you know, this person send a gopher or the lackey there yeah. and Heston was like, no, I'll go <clears> get them. Y'all just, you know, right. try to get the work done and everything. Mm-hmm. Kind of try to keep busy so that you're not, you know, and he went and go went and got the straws for, for the uh, people that were doing the, in the eight makeup. But uh, really that's pretty much uh, all of mine. I, I know you covered <clears> a few <throat> of my things there, Yeah. but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. So I'm going to let you go into uh, your final thoughts on this. Uh, sorry, I'm starting to cough a little. Okay, <clears throat> um, just uh, yeah. If you got to stop, just stop. I think you know we've done our last couple have been kind of goofy, and this yeah. one was very bleak and serious. And yeah, I I mean I hate to say I enjoyed it because it's so bleak, but I did enjoy watching it. It's it's got. Huge messages in it, and I love movies like that. Oh, yes. Kind of plays a lot on things going on nowadays, and really how I feel about people right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've really been struggling with how I feel about people, and struggling with my compassion for other people, and because of the pandemic, and how people have acted, and you know, how it's just drug on over a year just because people are so stubborn and they don't want to listen to anything. They don't want to believe what they don't want to believe and they don't want to tell, be told anything, you know? I just don't feel that way. You know, I feel like this is just, it was a bound to happen eventually in our lives. Whereas you, you hope to see people rallying together. We haven't seen a lot of that. It's been quite the opposite, and it makes it gives you a bad taste in your mouth towards yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot in this movie was. Yeah. Just like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just being angry and wanting to get away. Like, originally, like, that's what probably kept him, you know, wanting him to go somewhere else to get away from all that. And then he ends up kind of making a circle. You know, we talked about, like, trying to defend mankind. Well, yeah. He's but then defend- there wasn't much of a defense for him. No, not right at the end. No, yeah, no. he realized that. Yeah. So he kind of did a circle back to where he started mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. Like, he started the movie kind of being the towards people. I want away from them. And now he's just like, damn, what did you do? You know, yeah. kind of thing. Well, yeah, that's like I said, he's trying to defend humanity. There's no defense. And he, you know, he, he went to that planet against humanity, but then he's put in a position where he has to defend it. Mm-hmm. And then right there at the end, he realizes there's no defense. Yeah. Yeah, because they they caused all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think this was a good pick. 
Like, I think it was a good pick for right now to get us back into some more serious waters. Well, I hate to say this. I didn't think of that when I picked this, but yeah, I appreciate but that I, just to say. You know how my brain is. Yeah, yeah. I always start, you know, chipping away and trying to figure out things. Yeah. But um, I thought it was a good pick kind of get us back out talking about some more serious stuff and, yeah. you know, things that, you know, mean something in life. And we'll always, from the beginning of time to the end of time, we'll be here. That's very true. That's very but true. I think I, I enjoyed it. Um, I actually kind of hoped to watch the second one soon. Well. To carry on. We will. Not be, necessarily do them on a podcast. I'm just talking about I want to watch them. Well, I was going to cover the second one probably sometime in the next calendar year <laughs> at some point. I don't really know when. But we can actually just watch it at random. Yeah. And you can just kind of see it. And then, mm-hmm. like I said, the plus side is you already have a a little bit of mm-hmm. a knowledge on it. Because I thought, like I said at the beginning, I thought that I had seen this. Yeah. Because my older sister loved Planet of the Vapes. Yeah. yeah. So I know she saw it, but I just don't, like when I was watching it, I had no memories of it. Yeah. At all. Um, I've seen all the newer ones. Which, oh yeah, yeah. The, the, the last ones that came out yeah. were my favorite. That, those are so good. I've never seen the Marky Mark one. Like Marky Mark was in like well, Tim Burton one. I've never seen that one. That's a movie I will never cover it on this podcast. Even though I will probably cover all the Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes films if we ever get that far. But the Planet of the Apes, the two thousand one, the makeup is great yeah. in that movie. I think the score is very good in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, production design, which a Tim Burton film, the production design is usually awesome. Mm-hmm. The movie is just flat. There's nothing to it. You watch this movie, for example, the original one, there are layers of stuff. You could mm-hmm. sit there and think about this film and dissect it and go mm-hmm. over it and go over it. The 2001, there's nothing there, there's nothing there like that. Yeah, Very that's little a shame because you're trying to make some kind of point and then you have no point. Well, there you go. Yeah. So the 2001 film, I I revisit. I've watched the film maybe twice. I might revisit it again one day because it's like one of them films I'm hoping one day I'll watch it and something will click with me, but I don't think it will. There's a couple of times I've run into some people who I had a friend that he loved Planet of the Apes and he refuses to watch that movie. I went and seen it. He just laughs his ass off whenever I say anything about um, it. Uh, it's He's like, it, it shouldn't be a part of it. I'm a Planet of the Apes fan, so I was bound by law to go <laughs> see it, basically. And I was so disappointed when mm-hmm. I walked out of that movie. Yeah. Because I was just expecting good things from it. Yeah. I guess in my head, I was a little naive at the time. I thought, oh, they'll have more money. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to do more with it. But just because you have more money, don't mean it's a better yeah, movie. I wonder if, you know, from the very start, Marky Mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that was, he is like a plank in that movie. Yeah. He is dead weight. I, I, I'm trying to think if they could have found a worse actor <laughs> to be in that movie. I could have did a better job than he did. And I'm no actor, but I yeah. could have did a better job. But, you know, I, I, I hope we can continue on and watch. Because I would really like to see the ones... That yeah. just followed after this one. Yeah. Uh, I'm very interested to see your reaction to the sequel. Because the sequel is very divisive. Because I can underst- I can see the flaws in the sequel. And mm-hmm. there are flaws in it. 
but I enjoy the sequel because it is it gets crazy in that second half of it. The ending is incredibly bleak. Wow. But yeah, I mean, do you have any more on the film? I mean, you want me to do a rating? Or? Uh, I was gonna say out of one to ten sacred scrolls, <laughs> of course, one being the worst, ten being the best. Where does this film fall for you? I ate. Oh, an eight. I oh, that's liked a, it. That's a, that's a good, I liked it. That's it's a good deep. rating. It's, it's my kind of deep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I mean, that's a good solid rating right there. Yep. I can't fault you for that one. Uh, you hit on a number of the things that I was going to say, but I'll kind of go over those again and add my own things. I enjoyed the novel, the novel by Pierre Bull. I enjoy it, but I think the film is a better in some ways, which is very rare. Uh, and I have to give a shout out to this as far as the film before I forget it. The, the makeup affects uh, John Chambers and his people. That's some of the best makeup still that mm-hmm. I've seen in a film. Because looking at it from the time period and even looking at it now, that's some good stuff. Oh, yeah. And you, when you're looking on IMDb, the section with the makeup artist, yeah, it is lot. scroll, 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 like pages of people that were involved with that. Yeah. But really, I'll start out with this. On I mean, I totally love this movie. This is a film that kind of falls into if I were to dare make a top five or top 10 of my favorite films ever, this would be in it. Uh, I love science fiction, fantasy, things like that. That's a genre that I really love, but I love science fiction, fantasy that not only builds a good world, but tries to tell you a good story and it gives you things to peel back and to look at as far as, like this film, for example, there's a lot of stuff about class and about yeah, prejudice. Right. And it's like a, I guess, what's the best way I can describe it? It's almost like a sociological allegory in a lot of ways. And, you know, it covers other things. You know, evolution mm-hmm. is covered in this. Do you yeah. believe in evolution or do you believe in religion? religion. You know, or can they both exist yeah that's uh, a hard mix yeah that's that, that mm-hmm. that's a that's that's a mix it i actually work. do believe in both i think yeah there, there's room for both <clears throat> yes. but i think there's a lot of people that that mm-hmm. yeah that it's how they, they, they draw that hard line one mm-hmm. or the other and that's it but i love science fiction like this that i mean this is on the surface it's a action adventure story stranger in a strange land mm-hmm. he's trying to get out but there's so much underneath it I mean, we could talk, we could do almost a separate episode just peeling back every little bit of this movie. Yeah, it's a human spirit kind of movie. And as what you were saying, this man comes to, he's so disillusioned with the world as it is Mm -hmm. when he leaves it. He thinks, I will find something better Better out there in space. In space. He goes, he finds, really what he finds is the same thing. It's just apes. Apes. And yeah. he's the lower order. Right. Of, uh, or the low on the totem pole. But and when he gets to that planet, he automatically assumes they're going to take it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> he's a man and uh-huh. a, a human naturally. But he learned quickly we're that was not going to be yeah, that way. Yeah. And, of course, you know, he's so disillusioned with human race that he has <laughs> to end up defending the human race. But at the end of it is, like you were saying, when we talked about. The human race destroyed everything. And it also gets into, like, when do you learn the lesson of how you treat animals or the environment? When do you learn your lesson? 
Yeah. When you're below, you're the to bottom of the totem pole under what you punished. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, really in this film, you learn that humans are really the real villains. Shitheads. Yeah. They're, they're the real villains here. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. And I don't know. It's a movie. Uh, it's just, um, it's a really unnerving movie at times. It is. And every time I watch it, it wouldn't have surprised me if they had just killed him in the end. Well, that's like I said, yeah. that was in the original, yeah, one the, the original draft. Like, like all the, the dialogue between them, that there's no growth in what they believe or what they'll accept, and they just torture him and kill him. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I mean, it could have very easily went that yeah. way. You know, I love this movie because I just think it's a fascinating world to look at because it kind of mirrors our own world. Yep. I wouldn't want to live in this world. No. <laughs> but it's a fascinating world to look at. I don't know. I just, it's hard for me to really, I mean, I could go on praising this film, you know, because I could praise everything about it. Like, I love the shots of them traveling through the desert when they first land and yeah. they're walking. That's some of the most beautiful shots in cinematography. They're out, it's out, like outdoors. It's not shot in sets. There's very little right. in sets in this mm -hmm. movie. There's a few shots There's you There's a tell. couple scenes where you can kind of see it was like, what'd you call it? A matte thing Matt, behind Matt it. Yeah. yeah. But on average, it was all shot out, what you were yeah. saying, the Nevada desert yeah. and places like that. And I just love the photography in yeah, this and film. Yeah, you can tell by how tan they are that they were outside a whole lot in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's a movie I can find very little flaw with. Yeah. Very little. I mm -hmm. mean, and that's saying something. I mean, there's only certain films. Like, my favorite film is Blade Runner, and that has flaws me in it but that's still my favorite film i know what would be cool for me and i i was thinking about this and one time uh well here recently since uh, i guess disney bought fox right they should do they got a theme park mm -hmm. why not have ape city <laughs> you know i would visit help i guarantee you you and i somehow would be making a trip there you know to go to ape city you know because I mean, hell, I'd help them figure it out. Yeah, like, have a place where you go hang out with Dr. Zayas and shoot the shit. <laughs> you know, talk about philosophy. And you can talk about big pieces of shit you are. Yeah, tell me how a piece of shit that I am, which, you know, I, I have people tell me that anyway. But, you know, and you could uh, run through a field and have uh, gorillas uh, throw nets at you and everything. Awesome. You know, you know, stuff like that. I mean, Disney owns Fox now. They could do that. You know, I mean, I would love that. Hell, I mean, I'm about here. Take my damn money. I want to go. Let's go. <laughs> here's my money. Yeah, here's my money. Just take however much it will cost. Let's go. But I mean, I would. Yeah, that'd be so great. I don't know. I mean, this is just like I said. I, I guess I'm on. I'll just kind of pivot back and just say that this is a top five, top ten for me. This is a film I seen when I was a kid. It just ingrained itself in my brain, and it still continues. I read the comic books still. I've watched the TV series the animated series i've read uh oh i mean there's a uh, books on it there's um one called death of the planet of the apes it's a story that takes place it's a story in the in the story of beneath the planet of the apes the mm -hmm. second film yeah you know stuff like that i mean i try to pick up any planet of the apes stuff to read and like i said i just enjoy like i said i enjoy visiting this world i wouldn't want to live in it and i don't know it's just a fascinating film to me and i truly I mean, I truly love the film. I mean, I, I can't heap 
praise on it enough. What would you rate it? Well, yeah, I was sitting there looking at it. Uh, out of one to ten sacred scrolls, and my usual rating is is naturally, you know, script and everything, but the script, everything mm -hmm. was great in this. Everything yeah. was all all above board mm -hmm. on this. I mean, I can't find any real major complaints. I'd say out of one to ten, I'd say I'm going to go a nine. I'm going to go a nine with this one because this is a fantastic film. I watch it probably at least twice a year. Yeah. Anyway, and I guarantee you I'll probably watch it again at some point down the road. And like I said, I will be uh, looking into probably doing the sequel here probably next calendar year, as I said, probably early mm -hmm. next year, somewhere around in there. Mm -hmm. We'll probably have an episode on that. But I know you said you would like to watch it. Maybe mm -hmm. we'll watch it before then just so you can yeah, so you can see it. Like I said, I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts would be on that sequel yeah. because it's it's something. Is something else. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I guess that will wrap up our coverage here on Planet of the Apes, yeah. unless you have any kind of final nope. things you want to say. All right. And I guess what we'll do is uh, we will uh, let Sherry share with you what uh, will be on our October episode. It'll be a Halloween episode. Yeah. It's episode 10. Like, we, there's so many Halloween movies that, yeah, I just kind of, like, I, I kind of wish it had fallen for you because... Halloween's your month, and oh, oh, yeah, 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 but it ended up falling on my month. Oh, and, uh, yeah, that's fine. But I chose, you know, I'm not a huge horror person, even though I enjoy horror during Halloween time because yeah. it's just the natural kind of. Oh, oh, of course, you want to watch scary stuff and you want to celebrate the season. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I chose one that you know maybe not a lot of people are a fan of, but I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose Killer Clowns from Outer Space from 1988. Well, that's a great pick because yeah. who doesn't want to die and end up in a cotton candy cocoon? Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's it. <laughs> and just this is one that I'm very happy that you wanted to do for starters because I know we was talking about the original Halloween. Yeah. But everybody's done that. Everybody's done that. And everybody's talked about that movie to death. And mm -hmm. I don't really know what I could add to right. talk about that movie that would be relevant. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to go hocus pocus, but I thought that's a little. Well, we can put that on the back burner yeah. and get to that one. I'm because... hoping to do like, cause they're the second one's coming out soon. I'm hoping to do like a, like a two episode of it. Oh, well, yeah. We could, we could, we could workshop that idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, Killer Clowns, oh, I'm all about that. Oh, I because love it. I was, that's like, and uh, I only got one Killer Clown left to collect in my pop collection. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he just I could not find him at Comic-Con, so oh, well, I'm he's sure, out there somewhere. I'm sure we'll get him eventually. He's in outer space. He's yeah, out there somewhere. Yeah, he's out there somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm all about that pick, and I'm very, yeah. I'm very happy to I think it'll one. be fun. Yeah, that one will be definitely a fun one to talk about. But I guess uh, that right there will kind of wrap up this episode. Right. And uh, um, until uh, next time, I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And we will talk to you again on what episode 10. 10. All right. Bye. bye.